Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 302 of Video Game Apocalypse. I, as usual, am your host, Michael Rapares, coming to you live from the mystical, magical Tyler Wilde Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. Who else is here with me? Uh, slightly sexual duck lover, Chris Antista. And Kingdom Hearts lore master and Apex legend, Matthew Allen. And special guest... Holy crap, I'm in the presence of the lore master? Oh, uh, <laughs> hi, I'm Heidi Kemps. Hi, Heidi Kemps. To be fair, our, our lore is all over the place. I was not doing <laughs> no. a good job. No, Man, I love the lore master. Yeah. You're a friend of the show, obviously. You've been on a bunch of times. Where can people find you? Where might people be familiar with you from? Well, you can find me on Twitter at ZeroChan. I had some reviews published on GameSpot recently, uh, Etrian Odyssey Nexus to be specific. Fancy. Uh, just went up uh, earlier this week. I am a weekly columnist over on Anime News Network. I do their weekly This Week in Games column. And I have my personal website, gaming.moe, and I plan to update it sometime this weekend because yeah, there's a it. buttload of snow coming to Oregon and I'm probably going to have nothing better to do. Oh, man. Yes. I just want to take a second to say Gong Hei Fat Choi. What the fuck? Because we did have Lunar New Year, or Chinese New Year, this week. Oh. I say Chinese New Year because it pertains to our chosen subject for the top five this week a little more closely, in that we are going to talk about one of my favorite books from when I was in high school, Journey to the West. Mm. Oh, fuck you. I, th you, I thought you were going to say Hatchet. I got really excited. <laughs> <laughs> you read Hatchet in high school? I read all the Newberry books <laughs> in high school, specifically. Journey to the West, the, the book, it's about this monk who's journeying from China to India. He recruits several gods, demons, the monkey king, a pig demon, like a water demon, and they all travel together, and they're just going to India to get these scrolls, and they're eventually elevated into, like, the Buddhist pantheon. We don't really have an equivalent cultural thing in in the west ironically enough i would argue we do have our equivalent just maybe not in yeah. one novel well, form when i say equivalent i'm trying to uh, compare the cultural impact it's sort uh, of like if the odyssey or the iliad yes. was like yeah. something that everyone recognized these characters on site they showed up in advertising they were endlessly maybe like robin hood would be a better equivalent yeah or the other equivalent well, I, I, I was gonna I go i would use lord of the rings because I, mm, I thought it was my understanding that Tolkien was trying to essentially create Journey of the West to the West with like creating a new mythology for the United Kingdom. See, I would yeah, Lord of the Rings well, maybe, is great. I, I'm thinking like Arthurian legend. There you go. Yeah, that's a good, good or, one too. Or one way, you know, just kind of reading synopsis of of the stories. Maybe comic books even because a lot of the way those stories are told they're like little short serials almost and, yeah. and they go well, it's, it's an episodic adventure right right and they kind of they go all over the place man they, mm. they go places for sure oh, yeah. I know what you're saying Johnny Appleseed is our journey to the west <laughs> there it is. I agree there it is but it, journey <laughs> to the west is is a really fun story I I've seen you know trying to read up on it that it's like it might have been a satire on, like, the Chinese government at the time in the 16th century. But this monk is tasked with going going to go to India on a pilgrimage and bring back these sutras, these Buddhist texts. And uh, I'm just going to use the, the English translation names for these characters. So Tripitaka, the monk, goes to retrieve the scrolls, uh, is set upon by bandits or monsters. He finds a rock in the middle of nowhere and inside this rock is trapped uh, the monkey king who's this yeah. stone monkey 
who is thousands of years old and uh, got so powerful at one point, like learned all these secret magical techniques that he uh, challenged like the the lords of heaven for control yeah. of of reality. He cre- and- he pulled a Kratos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he pulled a Kratos. <laughs> Monkey Kratos. Gotcha. Or, or an Asura, if you want to look at Asura's Wrath, which is basically the same story. Yeah. And uh, has some connections in that, like, a scene from Asura's Wrath was kind of stolen for uh, Stephen Chow's Journey to the West movie that came out a few years ago. Ah. But, uh, yes, he's final- Monkey King is finally stopped in his tracks in an encounter with the Buddha, imprisoned in a in a stone for years and years, and uh, is is given a second chance if he helps this monk on his journey and reform, he'll get his freedom. And just to make sure that he doesn't misbehave, he's given a headband that the monk controls that uh, he can he can say magic words and the headband will cause monkey immense pain. So monkey has to go along. Yeah, it gives with him this. headaches. It's, yeah. He gives him a virtual boy. A virtual boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. And so they go on these adventures. They encounter other demons that eventually most like, uh, well, the two main ones are Pigsy and Sandy, like a pig demon and a water demon who start out as like these horrible monsters. And then uh, they're not only beaten, but they're reformed and they join to like, okay, we're going to make right and join you on this pilgrimage and become this monk's protectors now. And yeah, it's it's a story that has resonated through centuries and become like one of the most ubiquitous, ubiquitously adapted works that I've seen come out of Japan, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the the three like most adapted Chinese yeah. novels. The others are, of course, Romance of the Three Kingdoms and The Water Margin, which is right. what Suikoden is based on. Yeah, and and those are it's actually I was I was looking this up and it's like so there are four great classical novels there are those three and then there's the dream of the red chamber which as far as i know hasn't been adapted at all even though it was published in like the late 18th century still got that disney copyright on it can't do it (laughs) (laughs) yeah but that that's what's inspired you know our list here right is is we're talking about adaptations of journey Mm -hmm. to the west in specifically video game adaptations now real quick ground rules we're talking full adaptations right because we were talking there's like a lot of references to the characters or a lot of, I think Overwatch for for an event recently, mm-hmm. like they, yeah. they all have characters that that are made to look like the characters. Yeah, we're not we're not going to talk about like the Wukong frame. Sun Wukong was the another name for the Monkey King in in Warframe. Uh, we're not going to talk about Mega Man: The Wily Wars, which after you <laughs> get through the first three <laughs> Mega Man games, it's it's like so it collects the first three Mega Man games for Genesis. But the conceit is like, Dr. Wily's traveled back in time, and you have to re-defeat him again in all these classic adventures. And then at the end of the game, you get to take all of the powers, you get to pick like eight of them from all three games, and go up against these three new robot masters that are based on Monkey and Pigsy and Sandy. Well, in the, well, in the Tang du- Dynasty, my man! <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but... And we're, they, they're also going to be good games, or at least reasonably good, because there's a lot of uh, kusoge, to borrow Heidi's yes. favorite term. <laughs> oh, God. Like, I, Shitty games. I was really hoping <laughs> we'd be able to put Super Monkey Daiboken on this list, because that game... Maybe, maybe I'll talk about it a little bit uh, after we're done going through the sure. list, because it's that game is... Uh, whew. Yeah, I, I had me at Super Monkey. <laughs> I I looked it up and was just like, oh my god, this looks even worse than like the old NES Vista the North Star game. This is just ugh, ugh. But uh, yeah, we can we can talk about that. 
Also, before we start, I just want to call out to UK listeners of a certain age. If this story sounds familiar to you, it may be because it was adapted in a 1970s Chinese-Japanese co-production that was brought to the UK as Monkey and was known mainly for this theme song. Seventies than this? <laughs> oh, wow! I think Maybe that is Persona Five 70s. soundtrack, but I don't. Yeah, that's that's outlandishly di- like fucking. I don't know. Bad teeth and disco. That's all I can hear. With that <laughs> what what's it called? It's Monkey Magic. It's called Monkey, but it's mostly known as Monkey Magic because of the theme song. So if you, and and I guess there was a uh, an animated series in the late nineties and a PlayStation game. That, that was a live action about. theme song. Yes, that was a live action oh theme God. song. <laughs> Your cup runneth over, England. Oh, man. (laughs) But anyway, let's start in with our top five right after this. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. So, but we broke up. She was not pleased with it. Sent me some really nasty texts afterwards. I didn't talk to her again. Mm-hmm. Got another text. Well, you, know, you and you and I were actually at the cocktail party last weekend. And uh, so here is the uh, here is the excerpt here. She takes me out of nowhere to something like, "Hey, I went on a date with a really nice guy this to this evening, and I thought, um, you know, I I should have liked him or you know found him attractive, but I don't. I just think I like guys who are assholes like you." And <laughs> And and so how's how's playing he, video games to four in the morning with your ripped jeans and your, and your nineties attitude? Fucking Bart Simpson spray paint. I like assholes like you. Do you like monogamy and and, and truthfulness? Um, so uh, um, then she uh, and and you know said something else. Try to be you know put some levity. Given the last message that she told me, which was something along the lines of like, I hope you never experience joy in your life and you die. <laughs> You'll probably die at the age of 50. You've only got maybe 12 years left. You're going to have 12 more years of working the same dead-end job. It, it's mean in a way I, w- I wouldn't even and, think to be this mean. Oh, it said I was a misogynist and a sexist and an asshole. And that I should have yeah, sided she with must, him. Is she on Reddit? Anyway, keep going. <laughs> You're the biggest pussy I've ever met. This <laughs> now who's the misogynist? Come on. Why the, why the gendered slur? This explains your micro penis. <laughs> Just an oversized clit. <laughs> and good luck with your midlife crisis, your hair loss, and your terrible schmegma. <laughs> you gotta. I have never been texted the word schmegma. Schmegma. I will never contact you again, you geriatric fuck. <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And welcome back. Uh, it's oh. time to talk about what, Chris? Uh, just try to define this. Mo- King Kong adaptations. Yes, King Kong <laughs> Perfect. adaptations. Perfect. King Kong's famous journey to the West to retrieve Buddhist sutras. Um, yeah. <laughs> I would watch that movie. 
starring Richard it Gere. Was, sure. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Somehow he'd be involved. Mm-hmm. Why not? All right, let's start with... Number five. When I, I think I can take a guess here. Yeah. Is this Double Sun? It is Sun Sun. Yes. Sun that's, Sun, yes. I'm sort of amazed. Yeah, well, you'll never guess where my background is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you work somebody at Capcom. In, somebody in 2012 was actually trying to sell that game. Uh, yeah, I, I may have bought that <laughs> to, yeah. to brush up on this. I think, I think the list of what you didn't buy is longer than the, the list of what you bought. Probably. Mister. That's why he's wiki poverty. Right? Mm-hmm. But the, well, the, the, the main ROM scene is kind of a desert now, thanks to legal actions. But, uh, Thanks, PlayStation Classic. <laughs> we blame them instead of Nintendo. Uh, but yeah, Sun Sun is uh, well. It, I might have I might have lied a little bit when I said that these were all good. Uh, it's, it's no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's necessarily a, a terrible game. I mean, it's for 1984, of it's time. Yeah, but for 1984, it's, it's pretty good. There, there was a lot worse stuff that came out in 1984. Oh, believe absolutely. you me. Yeah, and and it did inspire a lot of uh, similar games where you're kind of running along uh, different planes like that. Hmm. What is it? There's like four levels. It's side scrolling. You're you're jumping between them and shooting things with your staff. So player one is Monkey or Son Goku or Son Son, as he's called in the game. Player two is Ton Ton in the game, but he's actually he's Pigsy or uh, Hakai or uh, whatever you want to call him. Yeah, the title Son Son, um, Monkey in if you go by the Japanese game is Son Goku. Mm-hmm. Yeah, might might be foreshadowing a later entry here. Uh, yes. <laughs> but yeah, he's Monkey in English, Sun Wukong in Chinese, and Son Goku in Japanese. For, for whatever reason, the Monkey King uh, seems to be the most popular character out of that story. Oh, yeah. Well, Just in general. You'll see, you'll see a lot of stuff based on the Monkey King, and the other two are just kind of like, eh, whatever. Yeah, well, he's, <laughs> he's the most compelling. He's like this, this wild, arrogant right. character who eventually reforms and, and grows a conscience and becomes a better person. I, I think there's something really compelling about that. He's also like one of the most powerful beings in the universe. So that yeah. that always yeah. appeals, and he has that like that great uh, tiger skin wrap. He's got the <laughs> the uh, pole that the extends headband. that he can just stick behind his ear. He's got the cloud the he flies cloud. around on. Yep. So this one is is a side scrolling. Uh, it's like a shooter, right? So, but, yeah. but along the, the veins of like. Um, Chubby cherub. It's, it's a shooter with uh, with platformy mm-hmm. elements. Yeah. That kind of there like... are several planes that you kind of switch between. Yeah. You're running along like three or four levels. It's kind of a tiered tiered building. Yeah, a tiered set of platforms. Just say Donkey Kong. No, it's not like Donkey Kong. It scrolls. Yeah, it's more like, like Psycho Donkey Soldier Kong. without the vocal track. Oh, there you right go. down to the donkey. It's like Donkey Kong. <laughs> <laughs> donkey magic. <laughs> Uh, welcome our mexico listeners (laughs) that was brought over but yeah uh sunson i think is you know it again it's pretty good for its time it's almost more notable for its legacy I mean, the smooth jazz alone should tip you guys off to, as to what that is. 
That's a yeah. Capcom fighting game for sure, mm-hmm. right? Yes, it's Capcom fighting game, the popular <laughs> arcade attraction. It is. It has uh, no Marvel. Anymore. Unforgettable music. Yeah, well, it's Marvel versus Capcom Two. The character is Sun Sun, who's a lady. Surprisingly, she's the granddaughter of uh, of the original Sun Sun, yeah. and that is pretty much the extent of her backstory in that game, which has really no story to speak of. Right. I think yeah. It's, it's I mean, the, so it, she has more presence and backstory than Amingo. That's for yeah. sure. The, the, the still tied with it's the one of the most bizarre additions to MVC. I think. I think the only reason because it made it in there though is because Sunsun was Capcom's arcade debut was in it? the U.S. Yeah. It's mm. are, but it wasn't even under the name Capcom. Um, yeah. Oh, also that that's another rule. These all had to have come out in the U.S. at some point. Ah, no. So this, yeah, this their first arcade game was Sunsun, but they, it was Romstar, I think the name of the company mm. that released that. Oh, that so, could be. So mm. probably that's the historical significance, and probably the only reason that character made it in the series, other than the fact that they're like, I don't know what else we got. Jesus Christ, we got to fill <laughs> out a huge roster. <laughs> yeah. uh, there was also a PC Engine sequel, Sunsun Two. That was. was it was developed in-house at Capcom, but they could not publish it, mostly because uh, Nintendo was extremely strict at the time about uh, that. Oh yeah, okay, okay. Hmm. Now this one had a Famicom so, release, but not a not an NES, right? Like it probably was just in Japan, like came coming out with Famicom. Yeah, I I don't think it got a U.S. release. I think hmm. uh, another early Capcom game, Higemaru, was considered for a U.S. Famicom release, and it never happened. So, yeah. shrug. But you can get it on uh, PlayStation or Xbox 360 or Wii now with the Capcom Arcade Collection. I prefer to play on PlayStation Wii? Portable. It's like, why did you even mention that? It's like the only time you've never been able to get anything on Wii. <laughs> that's true. That's, well, you can't get it on Wii anymore. Only. I'm all about Capcom Classics uh, collection yeah. on PlayStation Portable. Sorry, That's this was Capcom Arcade Cabinet, where you yeah, got yeah. the basic game for free, and then you had to actually buy the games for, like, four bucks each. Oh, they still do that. I don't want to talk about it. Yes, you do! <laughs> I don't. That's oh, God. still totally a thing. Let's, let's talk about how cool Sun Sun and MVC2 is, then. She can, like, bring down, make her staff giant and bring it down as a super attack, or turn into, like, a giant monkey and spray lasers everywhere. That's pretty cool. Apparently, that's like somewhat canonical with the books, like the growth and size oh, yeah, yeah. and the staff extension. No, they, like the, the all the characters except the monk know like various transformations. They can turn into different shapes, and uh, yeah, that that staff is can can grow to pretty much any size. Uh, so Goku Monkey can also like clone himself. I think up to seventy two times, which comes up in some of these times. other arbitrary yeah. numbers. Sure, uh-huh. why not? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's how many monkeys you get in heaven if you die in battle. <laughs> 72. Sorry. Sweet, untouched monkeys. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, speaking of Romstar, I think they might have also been the U.S. distributors for this game. Number four. And that's most of what this game sounds like. Uh, this is a game... And it, does anyone know what this is, first off? I do not. Yeah. This is a game that was made by Technos, the creators of Double Dragon oh, and River City Ransom. I know. I know what this is, but yeah. the name is just... It's right on the tip of my tongue. Uh, this game, also not super great. Oh, China Gate. Yes, China Gate. I, yeah, China Gate. I played it a bit. It It's fun for what it is. It's, it's a weird brawler instead of, like... 
what, what is it the the belt uh, scroller model where you yeah, can go up and down? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's more. It's, it's really yeah, called it's, China it's Gate. More China Gate. Platformy. Yeah, it's well. It's, it feels like something like Snow Brothers or even like Bubble Bobble, where you're jumping between like four different platforms and uh, on like a little tower structure. And you're fighting these little squat dudes that keep coming out of doors. Just say Donkey Kong! God! <laughs> it's not Donkey Kong, Chris! God! I need a visual. And eventually you kick enough ass and uh, this happens. Like the, it's like the bad guys are basically going caw, caw, and running away, awesome. and then the boss emerges. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this, like, it's it's a really strange game to look at because all the characters are very square. Uh, they're just these. It's uh, it's not a particularly attractive looking game. No. Like all the characters are. Uh, they're squat and super deformed, but they're not cute. They're not even like no. Cuneo type but cute. They're, they're just kind of ugly really and pudgy, ugly, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of like if you if you were like viewing a, a troll doll like on a wide aspect ratio or something. Oh man, uh, you can play as the three monsters: monkey, pixie, or uh, Sandy. Which I think Goku is translated as Goku with like G O C O O. Like that's the yeah, only I place love, it's spelled that names. way. Go, go, Gojo is Gojo. Yeah. Like you know, like Gojo. Yeah, that yeah, sure. kind of Gojo. And uh, and Hawkeye is, is is yeah Hawkeye is the the pig H A K K A I but it's Hawkeye from Mash yeah all, or yeah, from yeah, Marvel yeah. <laughs> it's just a <laughs> combination of the two characters <laughs> it's like you know I what, mean again it's not the the worst game I I'd say I'd put this under under Sansan it just it looks kind of ugly and it doesn't feel particularly good to play it looks like Double Dragon like I'm looking at a, at a screenshot of it right now it looks it, like yeah, nothing but, like mean, Double Dragon you, no they have that hunched the character design is that, look at this I lo- say the name of the game again. I want to see it, and I can't Google it. <laughs> China Gate. China Gate. I, I keep writing it like China Gate, like a like a war over ethics and dumpling journalism. <laughs> it's two words: China Gate. China. Oh Gate. man, I had I hadn't seen the flyer, the English language flyer for this game, and uh, oh yeah, oh man, that's pretty special. It's all about generating revenue. Yeah. As most arcade flyers are. Yeah. Follow yeah. the path to more profits. <laughs> oh, man, Goku is just looking like a dick here. Yeah, in the game, he looks more like Dracula than like Goku. But, I mean, it's it's a very... It's a unique but pretty simplistic brawler and that you, you're just basically button mashing the same combo where you, like, hit dudes a couple of times and then, like, grab them to throw them over your shoulder. Like Double Dragon. Yes, like Double Dragon, except you can also throw them off platforms uh, you can throw them into each other, and uh, I do like that if you if you fall off the platforms, like this has to be one of the first games that did this, you will just come back up on the cloud, you won't lose any health. So, yeah, that's a nice touch. Nice little early perk, because falling off ledges and dying sucks. Like, like in Donkey Kong. Thank yes, you. Like in Donkey Kong. Uh, Thank you. Uh, unlike Donkey Kong, when you do die in this, uh, you get to see, like... Your uh, your character like swell and pop, which is kind of gross. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Like Haruka Salt. 
Sweet. Yeah, not not like in a uh, dig dug kind of way, but just in like a everything like on their faces and bodies swells up individually and goes boink. Oh, I've, yeah, I was going more Big Trouble in Little China, mm. like that guy, <laughs> kind of more like fatality. That, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not cute, right. is what I'm saying. Holy shit! Hey, whoever made this, <laughs> the artist that made this marquee art for the West, maybe mm-hmm. should be arrested. Yeah. Also, uh, that's a. Even, that wouldn't fly now. Even though, uh, like Sun Sun, Sun, so Sun Sun, the other characters who aren't Monkey or Pigsy get kidnapped, and you have to save them, and also get to the very end and snatch a scroll from this Buddha statue's hand. This is sort of similar in that a book, which I'm guessing represents the sutras they're trying to find, gets stolen by a demon, and you have to go and find it, and... The final boss is, like, right out of the end of Contour, where it's, like, this weird pulsating alien <laughs> thing, and then, like, a brain with eyeballs starts floating around. It's very, very unlike uh, a, a Chinese novel based on folktales. <laughs> Those are, are it like spitting slime balls at you, and the other sounds are people dying. Mm. Specifically, yeah. you dying over and over. I do think Nintendo might owe them some royalties for muscular pig uh, art because mm. this, you know, Pigsy looks pretty buff in, in a lot of this, this promotional he's a, art. He's for a this buff game. dude. Yeah. 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 So Ganon has a, he owes a lot to yeah. the design of Pigsy. Sure. Yeah, the world famous game China Gate. By the way, mm-hmm. are we trying to set a record for the longest anyone has talked about China Gate in over 30 years? <laughs> I, I think it's probably <laughs> Mission time. accomplished. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Number three. It was really hard to find info on that game, by the <laughs> oh, way. Shit. <laughs> oh, man, is this that laser active game? Goku taking you to world uh, heritage sites? What were you saying, Heidi? There's a laser active game where Goku takes you through, like, you know, famous. It shows you famous artifacts and world heritage sites. It's apparently what? like one of the rarest games in existence. Wow. At least the English version is. Oh, you should have told me about this. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I just remembered it right uh, now because it has this weird intro that kind of sounds like that. It's like multimedia, and then Goku's like, yeah. "I'm Goku. Let's well, go on a multimedia adventure together." Part of the problem what? there is that it. The, I apologize for the sound quality on that clip because it is really hard to find footage of this game that people are not talking over. It is. <laughs> this is a, a fairly obscure game that came out for the PS One. I think I after say, PS1 game, after the PlayStation 2 had been released. Is this a tactical game? It is a tactical game. Is this the game you were complaining about on Twitter the other it night? It is the game I was complaining about. <laughs> is this Sayuki Journey West? Yes, it is. Okay. Um, <laughs> which is kind of a, a little bit janky, but... Um, so what, what you just heard was a character transforming from a human form into a dragon form. Uh, this is a game that was very much a product of the... Uh, mid-Final Fantasy years when uh, big, long transformations with cool effects that go on for like 30 to 60 seconds were very much in vogue. And so like every major thing that you do, every spell that you cast uh, has like a big production associated with it. This also has one of the more dour voiceover intros I've heard in a while. (laughs) My name is Chin Genjo. When I was a baby... I was found floating down the river by Elder Homei, High Priest of the Golden Temple. He tells me I was wrapped in a beautiful cloth 
There was nothing else to show who I was. Elder Homain gave me a home in the temple and allowed me to help out on the temple grounds. I lived there for 16 years until one day. <laughs> oh gosh, what happened? I can't imagine. <laughs> Hey. I'm betting it's search for memory card. <laughs> <laughs> You're not far off the mark. Um, this, is, this is kind of an interesting uh, take on like the, the Final Fantasy Tactics, Vandal Hearts style tactical game where you have these 3D uh, maps with like uh, different elevated terrain. Like the very first map that you're in, you have to like cross this log bridge and then knock it down so that enemies can't follow you and then like run up a mountain and and free uh free monkey from his prison a again like i complained about on twitter it's one of those games where it's like oh you have to manually save in between battles and if at any point your main character is killed uh it's back to the title screen and you realize like oh shit i've Pop been up. spoiled by years of continues and auto saving and that's not what this game features nope <laughs> Can I can't believe you put this before, like above Sun Sun. This looks like shit. <laughs> you know, it's it's actually pretty fun to play. And despite that horrible intro I just played, uh, it's probably better known for this bit. Oh man! What the fuck? I didn't even know we got a Club Mario version of DBZ. <laughs> good that was good yeah. uh also interesting in that like this this is like a version of these characters that are almost not animalistic at all like they they all transform into animal demons but uh they they look human like uh you know monkey just has slightly bigger ears and like an upturned nose and pigsy i think has like sort of floppy ears but otherwise looks human uh sandy who's in Japanese versions, he's usually like rendered as a as a kappa, like the the water demons. Yeah. Here, he's just like a, this scholarly looking dude with little pince nez glasses. Hmm. <laughs> this is from uh, that that weird period where Kohei was just seemingly localizing whatever they had. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like yeah. there was still there was still a, a big PS one market and. They're like, uh, not everybody's had a chance to get PS2 yet. We've got uh, we've got news to fill. Let's uh, toss out a strategy RPG, you know, sell that at a lower price. Uh, it'll do well, and I guess it did. I, I think, yeah, it's it's the niche to fill, and they, they they had niche fans who were, to be fair, buying everything they would release because they just they they loved the stuff that Koei was putting out. Uh, it was also a weird era where there were tactical games on consoles, which which was like this short yeah. little span of a few years, and then that went away. XCOM sort of revised uh, revived that a few years ago, but mm -hmm. it's not like it was a big revival that lasted a very long time. You know, <laughs> it's primarily the, the realm of indie games nowadays of, of you know kind of tactical games, and a lot of them are still on PC. But mm. uh, it was a very specific genre. Like, and, and yeah, if, if you played Final Fantasy Tactics, that's all these games were. You know, mm -hmm. they, they were just trying to be that. Yeah, kind of. With you know, again, cool transformations. Sure. Uh, yeah, but uh, <laughs> I didn't get very far in this because it is. A very slow game. Uh, mm -hmm. you, there's a lot of dialogue in between battles. I don't know. Anybody have any fond memories? Hell no. Uh, this this <laughs> is not one I personally have played. I mm. was I was going through Dreamcast stuff at this point. Oh, fair enough. Lati Tab. Well, I would <laughs> I would have swatted this to the ground because it looks like it looks like it it looks like some like 
medieval PNG in front of a Toshinden background for the cover. It is <laughs> yeah. it is a god awful yeah. oh, wow, yeah. sleeve to look at. Yep. No, I would no. It took me a long time to play tactics games. Anyway, yeah. I was not. Playing yeah, my, my sole exposure to tactics games was Final Fantasy Tactics, which I bought out of a bargain bin in a Blockbuster, which oh, is man. good find. It, yeah, <laughs> I could find it at Blockbuster for years after, like, well into the PS2 era. Yeah, mm. but uh, yeah, that was it. I didn't play many of these games because Final Fantasy Tactics is kind of all I could put up with and at the time. That's a good point, Heidi. When I think of uh, early 2001, I think about Alien Front Online and Fluggen Brothers and other great Dreamcast <laughs> classics. <laughs> oh boy, I'm being sincere here. Um, this is, can we go one show without a mention of Floygan Brothers? Fuck no! Oh, who, el- who else is going to remember Floygan Brothers? That was a trick. One? Never changed. We've been waiting. <laughs> we have been waiting almost 20 years for yeah. episode two. Episode two, come on. You promised us. The first one was episode one. You gave us two brothers who sound like Jerry Lewis coughing up a hairball. Hoigelin, Moigel, Floygan. Floygan! Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I got nothing. Let's move on. <laughs> Number two. Here's one I do know Chris can talk about. It's the headband. <sighs> what? The slave headband. The one I fit on you. You put this on me. Let me explain. Get this thing off, or I'm going to rip your head off. No. No? You think I'm screwing you? Yes! Come in, stop! <laughs> Uh, who knows what this is? It's a monkey. I, it's in, enslaved. Enslaved. Yeah. enslaved. Was, that, was that Andy Circus? It was Andy Circus. Was. Uh, famed owner was, uh, of Circus that's why it was Circus. Good voice acting in a video game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's um, Ninja Theory. Their their adaptation of Journey to the West is Enslaved Odyssey to the West, and uh, it kind of reinvents uh, several of the characters. Monkey is just some sort of hulking post-apocalyptic barbarian who gets kidnapped and begins the game waking up in a slave ship and trying to escape. Tripitaka, the monk, becomes Trip, the teenage girl who uh, enslaves Monkey so that uh, he'll help her survive across the robot-infested landscape. Uh, which means you'll oh, run into a lot robot of fights. Yeah, you'll run into a lot of fights that sound like this. This monkey hitting robots over and over again with a big stick and uh, eventually tearing them apart with his bare hands, Kratos style. Uh, monkey gets a cloud, well, sort of like a, a, sh- a shimmering disc that he can uh, coast around on, which is kind of cool. No, wait, it's, it's way cooler than Kratos because unlike Kratos, monkey has access to more than one camera angle. <laughs> that's true. I can't believe, like, that's the biggest flaw for me in the new God of War, that every single kill is the exactly the same. Aww. In this game, like, you just sort of like, ooh, let's see if it messes up with this random camera angle. Nope, so it looks gorgeous. You see the sparks fly into his face. Hmm. Yeah. This game rules. Yeah, it does, it does rule. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. I always get this game confused with Vanquish. I think they did, they came out the same month of the same year, did basically. They? Yeah. And, yeah. They, they, and two big-ass bombs kinda, from Japanese developers who didn't know how to market them. <laughs> Well, no, this was uh, this was Ninja Theory. Wasn't yeah. the Japanese yeah, developer published Japanese, by Namco? Yeah, publisher. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think this part of what makes this so compelling is it gets right what makes Journey to the West so compelling, which is like the emotional core of it is about 
monkey growing a conscience that he starts out really fucking wanting to kill this teenage girl who has him on this this headband that tortures him if he disobeys and gradually he comes to to sympathize with her gets a bit of stockholm syndrome and by the end of it he's like fully committed to being her protector he's he's going to help her with her mission of revenge and uh it's a little bit different. They're not going to retrieve any books. Uh, instead... We're going to follow a slave ship west to find out who's behind all of this. And then what? Then I'm going to kill him. It'll be dangerous, maybe even suicide, but... Save your breath, Trip. Come in. It'll help us. You're in trouble, I'm there. And anyway, what's all this talk about suicide? Taking on the slavers is no different from any other fight. It's all a question of having the right weaponry. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That's this game's version of Pigsy, who, in this, is a dude who lives in a junkyard and has known oh, Trip all her I had life. Andy Circus in my head. It sounded a lot like Snoke. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, I don't know. It might be like Heavenly Sword, where it seems like every character is played by Andy Circus. Well, eventually. Uh, yeah, mm. I don't know. It, it's, it's a bummer that it's the last. Isn't that the last collaboration with Andy Serkis and Ninja Theory? I think so, because after this they did DMC, and then they got bought out by Microsoft, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah they they did Hellblade, but I don't think he did anything for that. Oh, yeah, yeah that's but, right. But, but this was, like, uh, this. I remember Matt Key saying, like, this is this is where games are going. And, like, it was one of the first, I don't know, other than Heavenly Sword, the first studio to embrace motion capture like this. It, but it does it not have the worst title of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Enslaved colon Journey to the West, and by the way, this is the game I learned that there was a thing called Journey of the West. I had no idea. Wow! Until what year did this come out? Twenty ten. Twenty ten. Twenty ten. Yeah. This is well. This is Enslaved Odyssey to the West. Yes. It's, it's derived because it's the modern take on Journey. That's true. They should. You know what they should have called the game, and it would have sold billions. What? Monkey. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. It would have been great. Monkey Odyssey to the West. There you go. Oh, no, just monkey. God. Yeah. yeah. Not not yes, monkey. monkey. Just call it monkey. There has to be a game. Just call just it called a sequel monkey, to right? Kangaroo. <laughs> is there something to the fact that Andy Circus keeps playing monkey characters? Because this is well, apes, I should say. I mean, he's is he's just that. really good at those movements. Um, really, is. but but also and King Kong. Mm. Yeah, that's right, King Kong, uh, Planet of the Apes, and then yeah. the, the game, the hugely successful adventure uh, game, Planet yes, of the Apes. Yes, yes. <laughs> But Peter Jackson. Oh no, no, no! I'm thinking of Peter Jackson's King Kong, the movie of the game. Uh, he well, he the official movie of the game. I don't Sorry, know if he I'm, was I'm in losing the track of the title. The game of the movie, but he was in the yeah. movie. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mentioned he probably would have done motion capture for the game as well because that would have been a selling point. Um, I don't know, but uh, yeah, I think if if you just like watching this game in action again, like the m- monkey's movements are really really cool, and he has that like sash that doubles is like oh yeah that's like the tiger skin sash but it also hangs down so it, and it animates sometimes like a tail and uh it just it makes him look a little bit more um primatey but yeah it's really really fun game uh everybody he's got should hairy play arms it. too he's not that hairy surprisingly and a, and a for a unibrow. guy named monkey he's got a unibrow yeah. come on spends the whole game shirtless he's got that's 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 by our standards. He's not very hairy. Mm. By post-apocalypse standards, <laughs> he's probably extremely hairy. Yeah, he's got Virtua Fighter hair. Yeah, he's got yeah. that. that, that Stand straight up. <laughs> Stand straight up. Anime looks just like you know you're pointing a hair dryer at your face. Hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. God, I wish I could get mine to do that. Well, speaking of anime hair, boy, do I have an entry for you guys. Yeah. 
Oh, boy. Uh, that is from the first game in this very long-running series to make it to U.S. shores. You're trying to swerve us. I, I was trying to swerve you a little bit, it's yeah. fucking Dragon Ball. You've been hinting the entire show yes, yes. about Gokus and <laughs> Dragon Balls. <laughs> your Gokus and your Krillins and your Pig Demons. Vegetas. Hey, this is a family show. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Uh, this is... Yeah. Um, yeah, well, that that clip is from Dragon Power, uh, which was a Dragon Ball game that was brought over by Bandai, and they didn't want to have to pay for any of the character licensing because nobody knew what Dragon Ball was in the U.S. Yeah. at the time. Yeah, in 1986. So, yes. yeah, you- well, I did, I did. I was rocking that shit on the AOL forums. <laughs> Keyword: Dragon Ball. 86. Keyword: Dragon Power. 86. There were no AOL forums, man. That would have been military forums back then. <laughs> Not that you knew about, man. I was on that Qualcomm shit. I was BBSs. But let the anime fans speak. Yeah, the, this game is interesting. Uh, the game sucks, obviously. Well, um, you know which game doesn't suck. Are you ready? Go! Yeah! I just wanted to take a moment to connect past with present. But go ahead, Heidi. Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, so, uh, the music you heard is actually like a very badly edited riff of the uh, Japanese Dragon Ball theme song. Oh wow! They put it in the game and then they changed it again for the U.S. version. They changed like two notes, I think. Yeah. That's enough to to ward off the copyright guys, right? Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, there's a part where you meet you you meet. You know, Master Roshi's Mexican non-union equivalent in the game, and uh, hey, the, the, the audience sandwich. thinks that's gross unless we say that it's a Simpsons reference up front. Yes, <laughs> uh, he asked me for a sandwich. Um, you might recall that Master Roshi is something of a horn dog. So what mm. he was asking for in the original was panties. They basically flipped the sprite upside down and ah. said, "Hey, it's a sandwich." Of course. Why wouldn't it be? Uh-huh. Little they know I'm in the upside down panties. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> for those upside of you down sprite panties. For those of you who are a little confused right now, so the original Dragon Ball series where Goku was a kid were it was original yes. it started out as like an attempt to modernize Journey to the West, so you had certain characters that corresponded. Obviously Goku is a lot like Monkey, he's he's and especially as a kid, he's this really wild character. He's got a big monkey tail. He's got a tail. Yeah. Flies around on a cloud. He's got a big staff that he fights with. Uh, uh, he's got a big staff that he shows off all the yeah. time. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, little staff. He, he does show off his little staff a lot. There's a surprising amount of nudity for a kid series, um, but uh, so that you've got Oolong, who's sort of uh, he's a little pig character. He's a little bit like Pigsy. Um, Krillin is sort of like the monk Tripitaka. Um, and Piccolo, if you want to really look closely at it, is a little bit like Sandy Sagyojo, whatever you want to call that character. I, I forgot what we were talking about. Journey to the West. <laughs> Dragon Ball. Yeah. I think uh, Puar is more the equivalent to Shagojo. Okay. The the weird uh, cat thing. Oh, which one is... Okay, the weird cat thing. Sure. Uh, but yeah, the, this, this series ob- very quickly, obviously, outgrew that whole conceit but it's it's and still it there at the base of superman DNA. pretty yeah, much yeah it's dragon ball z is superman i mean so did the the, <laughs> the monkey king though right he became all powerful yeah yeah sort of 
I wonder what his right. power level was. Oh. Maybe we could go on Dude, forums and see this American it. box art. It looks like it looks like a Camaro hood for a member of Cobra Kai. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so bad. It is so yep, bad. Yep. And and yeah, they made the Goku sprite into like some weird little actual monkey looking guy. So it's a little bit closer to the, the original source material. Um, kind of. Yeah, kind of. But yeah, I haven't mentioned one of my favorite parts of the original Monkey story is that uh, when he's fighting the Buddha at the end, uh, well, it, well, at the end of the beginning, I guess he like makes a bet with the Buddha that it's like I bet I can outrun your grasp, and so he like flies for thousands of miles to like the end of the universe, and he finds these five pillars, and there's nothing beyond, and he's like, okay, well, I guess this is. The end of the universe. So I'm going to write my name on one of these to prove that I was here. And just to add insult to injury, I'm going to piss on it. And then he does so and he flies back and he's like, ha, I escaped your grasp, Buddha. And Buddha's like, did you? And he like shows him his hand and there's like monkey's name written on one of his fingers and a little puddle of urine at the base of it. <laughs> so, yeah. Whoa, that's deep, man. Yeah. Direct. I don't think Goku ever did that, but. I haven't read a lot of the original stories. First thing I do to prove I've been into a place is graffiti and then piss on. Of course, yeah. yeah. I'd be, I, I do live in San Francisco. <laughs> it's just, yeah. just that's what we here. do around here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we tried walking to Chris's apartment back in the day. Yes, I have. It's <laughs> a very unique aroma. Yep. Yeah, you got to be wearing shoes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, it has evolved into very much its own thing to the point where uh, even someone who's only casually familiar with it can probably know what this exchange is about. I wanted to try out that really cool pose just once. Wait, cool? Are you talking about the fusion pose? Huh? Yeah, it's really cool, don't you think? Oh, uh, sure. Oh, that's right, Gohan. I'll teach you the fusion pose after the fight. Sound good? Really? <laughs> Thanks! If he thinks that fusion pose is cool, he is definitely Goku's son. Yeah, Piccolo's snarky. Oh my fucking god, I still hate anime so much! I fucking hate anime so much! What is wrong with you people that like anime? God damn it! High school girl was The more okay, you though. talk about hating anime, the more you sound like one of the characters. <laughs> you should have seen, I did that thing where my arms went everywhere, Chris! It was awesome! He did, there was like a big sweat what? drop coming off of his head, it was gross! <laughs> Oh. I didn't know humans could do that. <laughs> and I stood with my hands on my hips for several seconds <laughs> to make a point. Uh, you mm -hmm. cannot tell. I see how embarrassed I am right now. My hand is so behind it my head. so <laughs> big bubble coming out of my nose for uh -huh. some reason. Well, it's because you're that asleep. you're asleep. Yes. Yep, that's right. <sighs> All right. Dragon power. Well, <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't deserve Dragon Ball. But I, is Dragon... Ball original, like I, I remember when I got into Z, I could not go back to original Dragon Ball at all. Well, they're very different series. I mean, yeah, one's an action series, the other is like sort of an action series, but mainly for like kids. And it's, it's very, uh, very much action comedy. That was that was kind of the trend at the time, mm. and it became big. Akira Toriyama was. The hottest shit. He got uh, roped into doing like a uh, Dragon Quest and a bunch of character design, and from that point, uh, from I want to say like late '80s, he decided to take it in more of an actiony direction, and well, rest is history from there. Yeah, here we are, endless we are. Dragon Ball and... series, which I for the longest time like I thought of as like yeah, that's a series that kind of ended in like the early '90s, right? And no, no, it's still going. Well, it it, uh... it did. 
Uh, Z ended mid '90s. There was Dragon Ball GT, which I don't think anybody likes. Mm-mm. Where Goku is a is a kid again, especially not that PS1 they, game. Yeah, they kind of brought it back around uh, uh, like four or five years ago with a new movie, and then they started Cho Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Super, mm-hmm. and th- that's kind of a thing that's going now because they realized there's you know the the people who watch Dragon Ball as kids are now grown up and they're having kids and they want to you know watch dragon ball with their kids sure that's why they want to watch dragon ball because they have kids (laughs) (laughs) i feel like michael's scooting a box of something underneath (laughs) (laughs) yep yeah no, it's true. I'm I'm constantly at war with this part of my brain that tells me like you didn't have Optimus Prime when you were a kid. You should buy five Optimus Primes. And I'm like, no, I'm an adult. And it says like you should also buy an RC and a Fortress Maximus and a Unicron and a Millennium Falcon. I'm like, no, leave me alone. You need to buy Not the me. entire Internia playset. I do. Oh God, why did you put that poison in my brain? You you really got to. <laughs> one of my parents when my parents come over to my house, sitting above my door is a my pet monster and Teddy Ruxpin. I'm like, I told you I'd get him eventually. You withholding bitches! <laughs> I got him to buy me a USS flag. You guys really got to aim higher with your midlife crises. I got to be honest with you. It used to be Camaros. Why, dude, it's totally manageable. <laughs> you can't afford Camaros. Come on. Yeah, I have I have I have a fifteen dollar thrift store addiction. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, All right. So yeah, Dragon Ball's Journey to the West, sort of. Mm-hmm. Sort but, of. But not really. But sort of. Should I talk about uh, Gonzo Sayuki's yes. Super Monkey Daiboken Please about do. Now? Please do. So this is a 1986 Famicom game. Um, it's an RPG, and that, that designation is exceedingly generous. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of your time is just spent wandering around weird map screens... With roughly three frames of animation. Yeah, you encounter enemies sometimes. There's almost no indication as to what to do. You can basically starve while you're out running around. Oh, really? It's great. And when you do enter combat, it's really, really, really bad. Yeah, well, it's like, I I couldn't understand what was going on. It's just like, yeah, I see this sprite that's probably the main character just sort of flitting around a bunch of other sprites that could be enemies and... Something's yeah, happening. Um, <laughs> it's it's uh, nobody in Japan understood it either. It was pretty much hated from the moment it came out, and its reputation has only grown since then. If you've ever seen uh, Game Center CX, I think it's like season two or three. There's a segment where on each episode, uh, Arino is trying to finish part of Super Monkey Daiboken, and he has to like call people who have written into him saying they know how to play the game and ask them for help because (laughs) he he just gets stuck on this stupid game constantly Uh, oh my god hey wait speaking of which light 30 2010 plug game center cx guess which game just turned 20 years old we found out which game retro game challenge one of my favorite games ever made and i'd never seen games 20 years old or 10 years old? 20 or 10 10 20 years old if you uh cut it in half (laughs) 20 years in your heart Yes. I'm also bad and dumb and drunk. <laughs> Fair enough. So, uh, the other thing that made Super Monkey Daiboken kind of infamous in its later years is because is uh, the ROM, of course, mm-hmm. is now out on the internet. Mm-hmm. People have been dissecting it to figure out how the hell this uh, pile of garbage actually works. And uh, they found something 
Uh, kind of interesting. Apparently in the graphics bank, in an area of the, you know, where they store the sprites that mostly goes unused, a disgruntled programmer left a message that is extremely explicit. <laughs> and I don't Ooh. know if I can, if I should even, like, say it here. Go on. for it. Please. We can be filthy. Okay. Designer, Kaoru Nakajima, 26 years old, born 1960 in Toyokawa City, Aichi Prefecture. I want to lick some pussy. I want to provide miss. I like vagina and the clitoris. That's a Japanese, uh, a translation from the Japanese text. How did that make it past Nintendo's approvals? They didn't check. The guy doesn't want to literally beat around the bush. (laughs) I I appreciate that. He wants to meet a girl who deciphers his Famicom code. (laughs) I know exactly what she's in for. I guess go go for a Hail Mary in that case. What's important (laughs) is, did he use the proper honorifics when he wrote all that out? Uh, yeah, he, he calls the clitoris Kuri-chan, so yes, he's giving the clitoris the proper honorific. Wow. Right. You show respect for the clitoris. Well, that's that's not respectful, that's extremely familiar, like well, a childhood friend. Which we all know he's lying, because no one can oh. find it, am I right, guys? Am I right? No? I've been Googling it this whole time. <laughs> Google oh, just comes man. up with, did you mean so, cloud computing? <laughs> Alexa! Clitoris! <laughs> and it plays Baby Shark. Clitoris. It's the clit. It's the clit. Jesus Christ. Dude, every show I've done today is fucking filthy. What's happening? And it's not all me. That's true. This one was almost no you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, what have I done? I don't know. I blame you. Didn't do it. That guy. That guy I wrote blame it. Zero Chan. We're just recounting history. That's mm. all that is. And are there any other terrible Sayuki games you want to talk about? I uh, want to mention. <laughs> just because uh, was it Stephen Chow who made that? Um, Journey of the West movie a couple years yes. ago? Because it like bombed horribly, right? Uh, I mean, it did well enough to get a sequel that came out recently. That was the game where they lifted completely either code yes. or shot no, from it, it was they, they copied a scene mm. uh, that is very yeah. similar with like the Buddha uh, like slapping the earth or something like that. But it's it's almost it like shot for shot out of the same character and the same framing yeah. and the same yes, timing. Yes. It's crazy. It happened. Happened, and that guy was like my favorite person in the world after Shaolin Soccer, and then into Kung Fu Hustle. What happened? In well, that, I, I would say, other than you know, getting riled up about that scene being potentially plagiarized by the special effects company, uh, that that movie was actually pretty watchable. And yeah, the sequel, okay. The Demons Strike Back, uh, I think just came out. Hmm. But I'm th- see, I thought take your time. Take there's your a couple time. Monkey King movies. It, like this Monkey is King different. Three. Okay. These are very recent. There's yeah. only one monkey movie series for me, and you know this. Uh, Planet of the Apes. Uh, yes. That one with Clint Eastwood strong. and the Jimp. Hmm. How about Journey uh, way, to the loose? Planet of the Apes? There's oh, a crossover. Not, you just... You could have fucking... Oh, you're you making a crossover. I was yes. going to say, you could have like pulled like any number of words and almost landed on like one of 10 or 20 Planet of the Apes. Dr. Zaius <laughs> has to travel into the Forbidden Zone to collect the documents of the Lawgiver. Yes, Megaton was a paradise before man made a desert of it. <laughs> well, you did that so well. All right. <laughs> I love you. 
Well, on that note, uh, it's time to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some new releases, including Wargroove, Etrian Odyssey, um, um, uh, Apex, and some other stuff. So stay tuned. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show, 302010. Here's a clip from 1999. Uh, the video games of January 25th to 31st. There's a, a big one, but only big in that it hits the PS1. That is Marvel Super Heroes vs. Street Fighter. Remember, we started with X-Men vs. Street Fighter. Love that image. <gasps> of Cyclops shaking hands with Ryu. Uh, and we graduated to Marvel Superheroes vs. Street Fighter. We have still not arrived at Marvel vs. Capcom. Debut of one of my favorite sprites ever. Spider-Man, just one of his idle animations, just screams, you know, a Spider-Man catchphrase. Like, uh, uh-huh. what would he say? Watch out for my web. Sure, he could say that. <laughs> Diana, what, would, what might Spider-Man say? Someone call for a web slinger? He could say that. Instead, he just yells, Do your job! <laughs> and there's... I don't know where it comes from. It always makes me laugh when I see it. Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on lasertimepodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back to our final segment where we will let's just play the sound. Heidi Kemp's the final question is, is it pronounced Etrian or Etrian? Etrian. Ooh, sorry. Etrian Odyssey Nexus. Yes. Feel free to play again. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Go ahead. So you reviewed it. Tell us. What is it? Yes, I uh, I reviewed it for GameSpot. Um, have you played any of the other Etrian Odyssey games? Then no, yes, it is nope. very similar. I've just made fun of their box arts. <laughs> It is kind of a best-of-compilation. See, the Etrian Odyssey games are sort of retro throwbacks in that they're role-playing games where the focus is not so much about, you know, anime teens having intense dialogue and and crying and accidentally stumbling into each other's boobs, things like that. Am I really the Harry Potter of this fantasy world? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Um... So, what you do in Etrian Odyssey is you assemble a party of a bunch of different classes. You mm-hmm. can pick the classes you want. You can, you know, if you want to go in with a party of all ninjas, nobody's stopping you, except you'll probably die really fast because you've got no healing. So, you, you more or less have to construct your own party of five members. You can make extras to swap in if you want. Um... Then you go into these dungeons, and the dungeons are tile-based. And on the bottom screen, there's a map. 
So basically, you're mapping the whole dungeon step by step, you know, taking notes of walls and treasures and traps and things mm. of interest. And it's it's really fun because you're just building all these maps and exploring and there's just this really cool feeling of discovery that a lot of games lack. All the environments are, are super cool and in this game, Etrinasi Nexus, uh, you'll actually see a lot of familiar environments from previous games. So if you've played like Etrian Odyssey 4, you'll see something familiar. If you played the third one, later on in the game you'll see something that uh, that will spark your memory. The other thing, too, is that the game has 19 different classes for you to pick from. Oh, wow. And that is that is a lot of classes. They basically chose 19 from all seven other Etrian Odyssey games. Yeah, yeah, I got my number right, seven, because there's the originals, and then there's two remakes of some of the DS games on 3DS that had new classes. So, yeah, you've got a lot to pick from hmm. as far as creating your party, and they, they're all different in interesting ways. They've all got skill trees. Every time you level up, you get a point you can dump into, uh, like, either upgrading a certain skill or getting a new skill. So you can build, like, say you've got two, uh, two lands necks, which are just kind of, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but they're, they're just kind of the standard-ass warrior class. You can take two of them, and you can kind of build them completely differently if you want. If you, if you want to do magic users, you can make a jack-of-all-trades, or you can just focus on, like, a single element. Hmm. Is it, that series, is it is it like a Fushigi dungeon series? Like a No, it's not It's not randomized. All the dungeons are pre-made. They're very well designed. Hmm. And they're all extremely, extremely dangerous. Um, it's a game where, if you're not paying attention, the standard enemies will totally mop the floor with your uh, blood and guts. So you have to fight very, very carefully, especially when you start encountering, like, there are these ginormous monsters called FOEs that you can see on the map. and they Oh, have, foes. I know those. They have movement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but, th but these are capital letters. Mm -hmm. Capital letter foes. Do they stand for anything? Uh, it's, it stands for something clever. In, it's like a clever Latin backronym. But it basically means badass motherfucker because uh. you want to try to avoid them until you are absolutely sure you can take them down because they they're basically mini bosses that follow different patterns of movement around the dungeon and you do not want to mess with them while you are unprepared mm. at all. Uh, is anyone impressed that I said Fushigi Dungeon instead of Mysterious Dungeon? Just because I wanted to uh, conjure no. an image of a dungeon filled with mirror balls that are sold on basic cable in terrible ads. I actually lost a couple uh, respect points <laughs> for you. When you oh, did okay. That. Yeah. yeah. A little bit too weeby for your no, taste. A little bit too weeby. We your weep stat went up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Semi-serious question, Heidi. Do you need to play these games in any order? Or can you jump in anywhere? Oh, you can jump in... Uh... Pretty much anywhere you want. It helps if you have played previous games, so you kind of like know the ropes and what you're getting into. Otherwise, things like the difficulty and kind of the lack of a, a really omnipresent story might uh, might take you by surprise. But I I really enjoy this game. I like I like the challenge and the feeling of exploration these games provide. Um, it had a, a few issues. It, for feeling like a best of game, there are some things about it that I felt 
were missing from previous games and other things like it's always been a challenging series and of course i didn't play on the super easy difficulty because why would i do that mm. i'm i'm a veteran at this me <laughs> <laughs> waving my gamer cred flag mm. here but there are some weird difficulty spikes that i didn't see in the previous games like sometimes you'll just fight a boss with very little warning and that to me always seems seems like that's kind of a dick move so Heidi, why do you think that they released sort of the best of version now? Do you think this is their way of, of bidding farewell to 3DS? Yeah, I I think so, because I these games might be hard to do on the Switch. The whole conceit is that you have the map on the bottom screen and you can see it and work with it at any time. Instead of having to switch back and forth to see a map like you would in a... In, you know, other old-school inspired dungeon crawlers. Yeah, anything but the Wii U. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rip Wii U. Anyway, uh, yes. I did, I enjoyed the game a lot. If you like this series, or if you're looking for something just a little different, if you want to get something to uh, feed your 3DS, now that's feeling sad and neglected, mm. I would definitely recommend this. It's, uh, it's plenty of fun, got a lot of charm. There's not an overbearing amount of text, but what story text and NPC dialogue there is is really fun and charming. It's it's just a it's got a relaxed atmosphere for the most part, but the combat is super duper intense for being turn based. Hmm. These enemies are vicious. Nice, nice. And where can people read your review of this game, Heidi? Because you just didn't you review. Uh, it's over on GameSpot. GameSpot.com. Wow. I've heard of that site. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty good, I hear. <laughs> They're the ones that buy the used games, right? Oh no, that's that's GameStop. <laughs> I always get them mixed up. Yep. <laughs> always will. They're the they're the ones who aren't bankrupt. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which ones sell pop figures? <laughs> All right, well, Heidi, you have to skedaddle. Yep, but... I gotta finish up my uh my column for AnimeNewsNetwork.com. Woo! Uh, before you go, where uh, where can people just? I know you said this at the top of the show, but again, where can people see your stuff? You can follow me on Twitter at ZeroChan. Uh, you can find my personal writings at gaming.moe. That's M O E. I should have something new up there by the end of the week. I'm not 100% sure what it is yet, but I'm, I think it's going to be an interview that a lot of folks will really like. All right. Nice. Well, th thank you for joining us again. Yes, thank you. All right. Well, so that was uh, Etrian Odyssey, which came out on 2.5. But before that, Michael, you've been playing a little game that came out on the first uh, Wargroove. Yeah, I've been I've been playing both of the other two new releases, Wargroove and Apex. Apex um, Legends, yeah. Yeah, Apex there, Legends. Yeah. Um, Wargroove is uh, it's it's very much a game in the Advance Wars mold. It uh, is, yeah, okay. yeah. Where, but it it kind of feels more fantasy. And before you say no, that's just Fire Emblem. No, they are very different games. Well, that was what you were saying last episode. But then it also does have the a little bit of that the triangle of power stuff that Fire Emblem has, right? Which is uh, certain enemy types are better against other enemy types. I mean, if it does, I haven't really uh, stumbled upon them. Well, it, it sort of does in that, like, yeah, pikemen are effective against cavalry. And, yeah, yeah. And every unit has, like, a, it's, it's not like a rigid uh, rock, paper, scissors kind of thing. It's more like you can see, like, okay, it, it's clearly marked if you bring up info, like, which units is this unit strong against, which ones is it weak against? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, but you get a, a barracks, 
and you're cranking out pikemen and swordsmen and cavalry and catapults and wagons and other shit every turn. You have a couple of powerful commander characters who can take a ton of punishment and deal out a bunch as well. But if they go down, then you it's lose, game right? over. Yeah. yeah, you get to restart. Um, but one of the, the most fun characters is uh, the dog, Caesar, who uh, he is... A, an armored dog who is described as magnificent and yeah he's this big <laughs> shaggy beautiful dog um and he is accompanied at all times by these two crossbowmen who uh just seem to interpret what he wants and like oh look the commander's led us here okay we should free these prisoners he wants us to free them nice. and when you get him into combat like he he just like stands there his his retainers come out and flank him and he poses and then he runs behind them and just like rolls around on his back and or does something else cute like chases his tail while they uh, actually fight the opponents and that's another thing if you're concerned about dog violence in this game dogs never die he they, runs away they right? just he, run away yes all dogs run away and you you also have battle pups uh, which are dog <laughs> units that uh, can, they're, they're scouts. They can cut through the fog of war. So if you park them on a mountaintop, then you'll you'll get a pretty good vista of your surroundings. Oh, fog of war. This is totally advanced wars. Mm-hmm. Oh, Man. it's 100%. So, uh, but I, I also heard it's quite good. Like it's oh, getting, it's, it's getting good, great yeah. reception and it's, it's only $20, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh man. I mean, my, my only problem with it is that there is no way to save in the middle of a, con- of a fight. So ah. it's possible to get in really far and then you you fuck up and make a stupid mistake and you lose your commander and like oh well now i get to start this battle all over from the beginning and some of the battles i, I hear they can be like an hour long it's not yeah. like they're just short quick things right i mean yeah. that that's later on but uh that, you know the- you can it's still a little disheartening to spend like 20 minutes on something and like oh no i have to do it all over again from the start so the problem i always had with advanced wars um was it did have weird difficulty spikes where uh, toward the end there, it would just be like you'd, you'd make one or two wrong moves and you'd just get wiped out. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you have you gotten that far yet? We're starting to see that out of this game too where it just it gets really difficult. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it it's gotten like super difficult yet, but there are points where it's like, oh, I... I shouldn't have moved my commander to the front because I thought that uh, the the enemy army was almost defeated and it turns out they had a shit ton of dudes who just swarmed me and killed me immediately. Mm. So this is available for pretty much everything. Switch, PS4, Xbox One, PC. Mm -hmm. uh, No Linux. Atari 5200, not 2600 for some Mm -hmm. reason. I don't know why they went back there. Uh, But not DS uh, or 3DS, oddly enough. Yeah, not the thing. uh, I think it could be good on 3DS, but I I also think like... It's not the right place for a tactics or (laughs) (laughs) RPG. Um, so yes, if you've been looking to scratch that Advance Wars itch, it seems like Wargroove will do that, and only for $20, mm-hmm. so come on. It's, it's it's literally the only acceptable use of war in your game title I've seen in a while. Wargroove, man. Yeah, it's just that groove, that light groove in there, man. Yeah, much better than Wargasm, the PSX game based on an L7 song. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but yeah, if $20 is too steep for you, there is a really good free game... That was a big ah, surprise yes. that came out. Uh, Apex Legends. Mm-hmm. Couldn't afford it. Uh, <laughs> couldn't afford that game, huh? Yeah, it's a little bit steep. I understand. Maybe you're paying bandwidth cap charges. Who knows? I mean, I- couldn't afford steep either. <laughs> Too steep. <laughs> Even though it's free right now. Why did that sound like a Simpsons mm. joke for some? <laughs> I played. Um, I played a round of Apex Legends last night. It's a. It's a battle royale game. Uh, it is a game that forces you into three-person squads. There's no way to play that's it all solo. They, do. they have 20 three-person squads. Uh, so yeah, so mm-hmm. 60 no, people total. That shit is mad comforting in the beginning. 
I can hear a ton of people freak out. I'm the jump master. I don't know how to be a jump master. Yeah. What the fuck? I I was that. I was the jump master. I played just like you, Michael. I played one round. Perhaps we played with or against each other. Mm, possibly. I will tell you this. I was an absolute liability to my team. Mm. So I was playing on PC with a controller yeah. and no headset. You know, the way your teammates yeah. well, want you to play. I, I felt a little bad because I'm like, uh, it's, it's a Battle Royale game. I don't want to bother with a headset. And then, like, yeah, I get lumped in with these two guys and I'm like, I don't want to dig out my headset now. Yeah. And I felt kind of bad because they were actually really nice. The beautiful thing about this game, I will say, it has some of the best contextual like commands where you can just point at stuff and tell your teammates they're there. Like on, on controller, I think it's the right bumper button, mm-hmm. and then on uh, I forget what it is on the keyboard, but basically it's depending on what your cursor is looking at. It's like really good context though. It won't just say, "Oh, there's armor here." It'll be like, "Hey, level two, level three armor, or this type of gun." Where you can tell they designed it with console in mind, where they're like, "Yeah, no one wants to talk to each other on console." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was wondering, like, it, it works so well. Did they incentivize that in any way? Do you earn XP for like pointing someone to a location? Because it should be incentivized. It's it's very convenient. And because I hate most games, I that- don't know. The beauty is though. So I did the one round. I was I totally fulfilled my purpose as a liability. I got killed first on my team. Uh, in our first big shootout encounter, I, I played the the tank guy. I forget what their name. Uh, we, we should probably take a step back and describe this game, and I'll, I'll tell the story really quick. Yeah. So I got killed, but then I stuck around to watch my teammates because I also wasn't sure if I would get the XP if I just backed out of the match or not to go to the lobby. lobby. Um, ended up, we got second place out of all of the teams we were wow. in the top two. So I got like a ton of good experience just for for quote-unquote playing for as long as I did. Just and I was for like, spectating, it's, basically. It's never going to get any better than that. I don't need to play again. I'm good. I got second place. I played a couple days in and got a kill before I was ever killed. So it's, nice. everyone's kind of running around a little confused. Everyone's learning this. this game for sure. I, yeah. I did feel a little bad because so I was actually the second person in my team to die. So these, these two guys are talking to each other, coordinating. I'm just like, I'll just tag along and shoot yeah. at things. And uh, so... First teammate dies, and then the guy's like, "Okay, they're under the bridge. You need to get out of there." And like, like uh, under under here. Wait, I need to go help the teammate get shot, get my yeah. ass shot off. By the time the, the enemy guy is full Ketus, I repeat, full Ketus. They're <laughs> 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 standing in line to see the show tonight. He's running in slow motion. His nipples are bouncing. I don't know what this is about. Um, but he uh, so uh, one of the mechanics in this game is that when you die. Uh, your teammates have a limited amount of time to like grab this card off your corpse. If they can make it to a respawn point, they can yeah. resurrect yeah. you. Yeah. So, I this other my, one of my teammates died. I died, and this guy like had to climb up this ravine to get to us. By the time that he did, the teammate who was competent had expired, and I, who was on my first and so far only game, oh, no, you uh, got I was the one who had to get revived. I'm like, don't bother reviving me. It's four me. in the morning. Yeah. I suck. Yeah, so we should take a step back. This is a Battle Royale game mm-hmm. uh, by Respawn, yes. the creators yes. formerly of Call of Duty, uh, most recently of the Titanfall games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's the innovators and FPSs stealing from PUBG and Overwatch. It's not only from those two games. I would say they're also stealing a little bit from Borderlands. Uh, with it does like, feel a little Borderlands. Like the, the way UI that the loot stuff. animates. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, yeah. the way that like the the tooltips on the loot pop up. It's kind of like this AR thing. Where so what what I'm hearing from like a lot of hardcore like battle royale players is the quality of life stuff they put in this game is is excellent. Where 
you know, one of the problems with PUBG is just like the inventory management is like, okay, I got this upgrade for this gun. It's going to have to mess around in this, you know, awful UI and find this stuff. And whereas this game, yeah, it's but- just like one button click. You're like, oh, will this thing make my gun better? Yes. Equip it done right if this if this thing is going to make the has no drawback i'm going to make the gun i have better the only gun i have yeah just equip auto equip it yeah it, yeah it auto equip yeah exactly and it won't like equip stuff that makes your gun worse like it, it just auto equips the stuff that makes mm-hmm. it better uh the shooting you know one of the problems i have with PUBG is it's it's the armor model it's like this really realistic ballistics you know things for shooting where like there's like you have to account for like bullet drop and stuff this has like Titanfall shooting, you know, so it's kind of got the the weird quasi futuristic weapons. Uh, everything feels a bit faster paced. It, it is like a like a little bit of a hybrid of like Call of Duty mechanics and Titanfall mechanics with this uh, battle royale model. I, that's the only thing I, I was intrigued by and I thought was super weird is that um, you know one of the things I sort of hate about PUBG is is, is just that like. You know, if you don't, if you're not wearing any armor, like one hit can kill you from yeah. almost any gun. Yeah, one point five hits. Oh yeah, and like everyone here is a bullet sponge. Yeah, you get you you get armor, and then you can recharge your armor by finding certain items. But but then but then like I swear to Christ, I picked up a gun with ammo. I had eight shots. I landed, I would say fifty percent into the guy, and then I'm yeah. just. I'm out, and I'm nowhere near ammo. What the fuck? I noticed that too. But like, yeah, everyone yeah. takes a lot of bullets to go down. The other thing is. So part of its DNA is definitely Overwatch where it's like, well, I would say Overwatch mixed with Rainbow Six Siege, it's a, sort of a hero shooter yeah, as well. Possibly Lawbreakers if yeah, you want to get into yeah. that. They, they have the six kind of hero classes, so everyone yeah. has powers that, that make them much more survivable, or they, mm-hmm. you can you can really escape a lot of shootouts pretty yeah. easily with a lot like, of these I classes. Was, I was Pathfinder I, I've apparently the played more than you guys, but I had never... I never was able to activate my power. Oh, really? You I just had like LB. No, it, it wouldn't. It wasn't charged. It, ah. it takes a while to C- charge. Certain classes. It's so if you were like one of the maneuverability classes where you have like the the grappling hook, that yeah. thing charges super fast, right? Like that that was really yeah. cool. Just having that. Like, yeah, the oh, tank, man, I can go on top. The of The tank guy uh, charged pretty fast. The thing is, because I was the jump master, I actually landed us right in the center of like when it, the first circle came. So we just ended up being on the perfect spot in the map with tons of loot. Nice. And I think that's how we ended up in the that kind of in the second place or whatever. Uh, so we didn't have to do much. And yeah, we, we lasted. One thing I will say, because it's only 60 players instead of the what, 100. Only, only yeah. yeah. Well, instead of the 100 <laughs> that, that PUBG has standard, sure. uh, is some, the map is huge and feels pretty empty. Uh, right. It's pretty barren time. compared to Blackout or PUBG. Yeah. Yeah. Or Fortnite, especially. Yeah. Um, but it has, you know, that thing that, that Battle Royales have going for it where there's a lot of tension as you're kind of waiting for encounters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as I was spectating my team after I had died, they did that thing where they kind of camped out inside a house where there was a lot of loot. And it wasn't a tub strat, but it was sort of a tub strat where they're kind of like camp- camping out behind a door out of sight. Some dude walks through the door and just blasted that mm-hmm. fool. And, but because he's a bullet sponge, Tub Strat he... is my least favorite picture on the internet. <laughs> because because like Chris said, everyone's a bullet sponge. That dude, like I think he like threw a smoke bomb and he was out and and didn't die right away. And then there was kind of a a big shootout that lasted a little longer than your typical PUBG shootout. Uh, but yeah, it's it is it's a hybrid of all these really good shooters. And because they have like EA money and respawn budgets and stuff, mm-hmm. like. Dude, for a free to play game, like this is this feels like a triple A. Like this is an awesome. It really game. does. Yeah. Like this this you can have a lot of fun for free. Yeah, uh, absolutely. How did this come out of nowhere? That's the that's the surprise. That's the thing. biggest like, trick they pulled right? off. Uh so apparently 
and we'll get to this a little bit in the news segment, but apparently like the only time they'd shown this was they did like a press event at the end of last week and then an influencer event or something like on like last Friday or something. And then the game came out. Why wasn't I invited? The game came out like Monday or Tuesday. Like it was that quick, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think apparently Respawn has to have been working on this thing for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but In addition to its Star Wars game, which they yeah. doubled down on. Well, we'll get to it in the news, but that's coming this year, apparently. Um, yeah, you know, so the thing is, so it, it comes with the six heroes, and you do have to buy the additional two heroes to unlock them. Uh, but then the only other way it monetizes, it's all like cosmetic stuff. It's very much Overwatch, where it's like, oh, you're going to get an emote, you're going to get a different skin for your gun, different skin for your armor. And one thing I will say, I was just kind of browsing the store. That shit is expensive, dude. It's mm. like, so it's basically... It maps around ten dollars to every thousand currency or something like that. Wow! I just locked unlocked fifteen. <laughs> yeah. Like... Well, and so basically, it turns out like every weapon skin that, that was featured in the shop was like eighteen dollars. Like it translates from you know between like ten and twenty dollars like Ooh. per skin God if damn. you're buying that stuff. And yeah, some of these are like quote unquote legendaries, but I'm like, oh, it's free to play. But fuck, man, that's expensive. Um, but but also you don't. Because it's all cosmetic, you don't need to buy any of that shit. Just, you know, and you can earn, just like Overwatch, you earn crates by kind of leveling up. And so you you get to unlock free stuff just by playing the game over time. So, right. yeah, it's great. Uh, is This is a really fun Battle Royale game. I don't normally play multiplayer-only games. I don't mm. spend a ton of time in Battle Royale games. But, so, like, my, my sole exposure to, like, first-person shooter pvp is is the crucible and destiny which most people will tell you like that sucks and that, that is a totally different thing than every other shooter uh, so for me I'm, I'm worthless in this game but i can appreciate it for what it is and see why like if you're into battle royales to me this all of a sudden becomes a contender uh especially with like blackout in in, in call of duty uh, I think if I was PUBG, I might be a little worried. I think hmm. Fortnite's still going to be over here doing its weird Fortnite thing because they still have the building it's and the dances. Fortnite. Kids love and Fortnite. And it's the kids, yeah. Whereas this, though, I, I was at a Target and I saw like a little uh, maybe six-year-old walking toward the toy lines like, Ah, oh, Fortnite! <laughs> Seeing the Fortnite action figures, but, which are placed low on the shelf. I would just say if I'm PUBG, I'm worried because I don't know about you guys, but I don't know anyone in my circles, who's still playing PUBG on a regular basis. Not on a regular basis, no. If I'm Battlefield Five and I'm about to come out with my Battle Royale mode this year, which they didn't ship with last year, mm-hmm. this is worrying me, which is weird because it's fucking EA, the same exact company, releasing the game. Like, what? I know. That, that's the sad story of PUBG, even though I think they have a bunch of corporate help now from Tencent and whatnot, is that they kind of pioneered this genre into existence. And then every big ass AAA country swooped in with a better model. I don't know. It's like it's like if an indie band broke immediately, and all the record labels like we know how to make this sound exactly the same and get it out way faster. I want to know what a AAA country is. We are AAA country. We're the best country. We got the I'm, best games. I'm just suddenly being struck by the implications of a World War II themed battle royale game. Like I just want to see a bunch of Nazis shooting each other. Can I just? Get that? Sort of. Like, try Medal of Honor Airborne, man. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I know Battlefield Five doesn't ever use the word Nazi. It's always German. I've but, seen uh, shit, man. I fought a Normandy 25 different times in different <laughs> games, man. <laughs> fought it diff- 25 different Normandies of varying shapes and size. <laughs> you, you fought at Omaha Beach? Big fucking deal. I got bored with that and fought at Sword Beach. <laughs> you ever fight at Sword Beach? It's sharp. 
it's it, I don't know. I just find this so ridiculous because um, every studio I thought could make a game you'd have to charge for has some free to play aspect now. From Destiny and Bungie to Respawn, like the the pioneers of the first person shooter. Mm-hmm. Now have free to play. Well, Destiny's not free to play, but you know what I'm talking about. I mean, it, it might as well be like they gave they gave out the PC version for free, the base game, with the hopes that people would buy the expansions. So yeah, you can get it. Where sometimes it does feel like they're going for that. Uh, I just think I love the fact that it's sort of just desserts for the Titanfall team. Which remember the narrative a few years ago was Titanfall two got screwed because mm. EA pushed oh, yeah. it out there up against Call of Duty and I think their own game Battlefield. Yeah, I, I think they they mock me to this day because I I love the first Titanfall and they put it out like within five days of Battlefield one. Yeah. And when it, those games go on sale, they go on sale together in a bundle to remind yeah. you. That EA confused you and, re- and oversaturated the market for its own. And product. so this and time, like I said, Battlefield Five still has their battle royale mode coming like in a month or two, like pretty soon mm-hmm. here. And Apex Legends came in and kind of scooped them. Which Jesus Christ, I don't understand. This is a great moment to transition into our next segment where we can talk a little bit more about all of this with the. So, um, yeah, one of the reasons I just figured it was a natural transition, Apex Legends was making a ton of news this week. Mm -hmm. One of the first news items is Apex Legends hit over a million players within eight hours of release. Yeah, and I think since that got published, they hit two million players just like overnight that same night already. Yeah, that's with like barely any notice or campaign. That's the thing. And now now that is the related news story I want to talk about. People were wondering... What are they doing? Like, you don't just release a game out of nowhere. Uh, but actually, there is a quote from the game's line producer, which might actually be pretty revealing. So this is line producer Drew McCoy. He says, we're doing a free-to-play game with essentially loot boxes after we're bought by EA, and it's not Titanfall 3. This is the perfect recipe for a marketing plan to go awry. So why have that? Let's just ship the game and let players play. So basically... EA, the thinking is to avoid all the negative backlash that would come from an EA game with loot boxes and free to play and no Titanfall free. They said, fuck it. We're not going to market this thing and let we don't want time for the negative narrative to build up. Mm -hmm. Let's just put it out there because the game speaks for itself. The game is fucking excellent, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, this is this was unprecedented. They're like, this is a huge game. We're just releasing out of nowhere because guess what? This game is done and it's really good. And it's only going to get better because then they also followed up. They've released their roadmap for the game since. There's a lot of content coming for this game within the next few months. Wow. Yeah. The other thing is, yeah, the part of the second part of the news story about Apex Legends is they came out and said, you know, we're not working on Titanfall 3 actively or, or something, depending on who you believe. But uh, Vince from Respawn did mm-hmm. say, Vince Zampanella, that... They're working on something Titanfall-related that's coming this year, which EA also uh, backed that yep, up on an earnings call. a fucking mobile match three game. It, well, they, they they were working on that. Some people are speculating it might be there was a VR was joking, thing they were but... working on with Oculus. No, they had like a – it wasn't a match three, but it was like a, a card game, a Titanfall card game or something. Yeah, don't, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, no. But then there's also, there was a, a VR thing they were working on, I think, before the EA acquisition. It could be that. Because uh, all they said was a Titanfall – I want to say they said experience. They didn't say it was a new Titanfall game. Mm-hmm. 
No, they said they the they said they confirmed they're not done with Titanfall. Yeah, even though it's EA, uh, they have canceled more expensive and more high profile games. Yeah, with the word Star Wars in it. But uh, th- that the only thing we knew about what Respawn was working on is a Star Wars game. We've we've seen nothing of that's due in six months. Yep, and I think they confirmed. No, we have. There's more than one Respawn team now. Yeah, they, they 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 must have gotten big enough where they're well. Now there's going to have to be a live team to support Apex Legends, and then they, they are to, separate. Teams. They have to have a team like to the, ship I think, the Star Wars. I think Wars the game. Star Wars team is the new team, and then hopefully they will have a team that's working on Titanfall three or whatever that ends up being. You know, because Apex Legends, I think it's sort of technically based in the Titanfall universe. They've said like there are obviously no no Titans. There, there's no mechs, mm. but. And it doesn't have like the wall running and, and a lot of the maneuverability right. stuff. Although I will say that the transversal is, is still really good in Apex mm-hmm. Legends. Like you can scramble up all kinds of cliffs, you can slide down stuff, but it's not quite Titanfall. Uh, but yeah, so it's sort of technically in a shared universe. I, I don't really know, dude. It's like a free to play battle royale game. Who, I think who cares I, about the story? Right? I read a, it might have been point and clickbait that had a story like, yeah. So it's it's not in. One thing we can say for certain, it's not in the Titanfall universe. But another thing we can say is that it's a shared universe, so there might be some crossover. And uh, also, it is definitely Titanfall 3. It is the canonical <laughs> sequel to Titanfall. So. Yeah. I know. All I know is it's good. I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't have a story, really, to speak of, other than, hey, you are this Apex legend that wants to be the best at killing other things. Yeah, yep. as that dude that says in the opening yeah, uh, yeah. cutscene, it's like... It's very simple. They, Dude, that opening is really cool because it's doing that yeah. 2.5D thing that a lot of trailers do now, which just looks like a motion comic. Mm-hmm. And then it like pulls back at one point and he becomes a fully 3D character yeah. just with like the shading. You're like, oh shit, maybe this yeah. whole thing was like... Water, like what dreams may come watercolors. I yeah. did think it was bizarre you started up and it's like sequence blocked like this is a free game to anybody with a game machine <laughs> you kill like, them you're better they kill you they're better yeah yeah it says it all mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, now I know exactly where I stand and I might not pick up the game because <laughs> they are way better I am no, no good yeah don't play on PC if you're like me d- just play on console because the PC mm-hmm. guys they're already super good by the time you're listening to this they will be way better than you yeah. could ever catch up to be. They, they are the equivalent yeah. of steroidal psychopaths. Uh, they will just steamroll you. Your teammates will throw you to the wolves. It's, mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to cast dispersions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to think poorly of them, but I think my teammates last night mm. purposely didn't respond to me. They just, they just walked away from me like, this guy's a worthless. Mine shouldn't have, but they did. And for <laughs> that, they will have my undying loyalty. But did you play second? You were the wormy guy. No. You stay here and you hide, Jimmy. <laughs> you hide. I threw down little protective bubbles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I was learning the game. Who I cares? was fucking worthless. Uh, so related EA news, they confirmed on an earnings call, uh, in addition to the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order from Respawn is coming this year, there is new need for speed. New Plants vs. Zombies are also on the way. So I know you guys are worried about that Plants vs. Zombies game. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's coming. Um, and then, uh, they, they said they are growing Apex Legends this year, which I said they have, they released a roadmap and there's a lot of content coming. And then again, they said they're growing, they're expanding on Titanfall this year with something, but it won't be Titanfall three. Uh, so who knows what the hell that means? The other thing, while this could be some indicator on that call, they were talking about sales so far of Battlefield five. Uh, and the way they're interpreting things, they're saying perhaps focusing on a single player campaign, resulted in hurting sales overall of that game which as someone who enjoys single player games and campaigns that is a bummer for me to hear 
Because uh, it looks like they traded, okay, do we do the campaign or do we focus on our Battle Royale mode, which is still coming early this year sometime. They chose campaign, and now EA saying, you chose poorly. Hmm. I don't know. I think, I think the name recognition of Battlefield is starting to become a little meaningless. Hmm. And I was a Battlefield fan on day one, yeah. nine, four, two. I was... I was huge into it. I was in a clan, met up, land. I loved Battlefield, but I don't know what the name means anymore. Mm. Um, right now, it means a really good single-player experience. Which um, is baffling, because that's never what Battlefield had, that's ever. Right. Yeah, what it, what it was was a good mode. It was it was about a shit ton of people and moving vehicles. Yeah. and It was about GIs gathering on the wings of moving airplanes. <laughs> And, and, and jumping <laughs> up and do. down. As you do. But it, but it was. And, and the Battle Royale game, I think, is a bigger version of what Battlefield was trying to do. So I don't really understand it at all. It, it just like It's like the first fighting game, but you could only play against the computer. And it, it's like yeah. and once it evolves, it's not itself. So I don't. I, I just don't know. I, I have. I love Battlefield so much and played so much up till three, and I have never, ever, ever, ever touched another Battlefield game ever. I think if I'm at Dice and EA, I look at sales of Call of Duty last year, which did fine, you know, and and they they got rid of the campaign. They said actually we're just going to focus on multiplayer stuff, uh, and I probably yeah for the next Battlefield I start to say hmm, well, maybe I don't need to spend so much money on that single player campaign because that shit is expensive. Like set pieces for campaigns are expensive for things that half the players they're funding don't even engage with those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if you do, you see it once, and that's only if your camera's turned the right way in the game. You might not even see this thing they spent a yep. ton of money to create. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, not great for me who loves campaigns, but I get why they would maybe shy away from that stuff. Related to EA News, Disney uh, came out there, and they talked about how they are just fine licensing games because they kind of admitted... We were sort of bad at publishing games, or at least making tons of money in our published games. Uh, and and then in you know while saying that, they also said they're really happy with their relationship with EA. So you know the narrative had been like, hey, Disney must be getting pissed. EA keeps canceling these Star Wars games, uh, and they're like, no, we're fine. We get it. Uh, I think EA made them plenty of money with both Battlefront One and Two. Even though Two had the whole PR nightmare with the loot boxes, I think it still sold well enough for them to say, yeah, we're fine collecting someone else's money as a license. Right. And remember, they didn't pony up anything. Like, Disney didn't invest anything in the Star Wars Battlefront. Not one one cent. Nope. They ponied up their IP. They said, hey, Mm -hmm. you can use this thing. They ponied... Well, they gave exclusivity. And I think that's why people were so upset about all these Star Wars cancellations is no one else is able to make the games. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. That's what we're upset about from a business standpoint. Like, uh, yeah... If if EA doesn't make another game for the rest of its uh, doesn't make another Star Wars game for the rest of our lives, they haven't lost any money, right? Well, other than other than it's, hypothetical, it's opportunity Star Wars cost. Game, right? That that's that's right. what the exclusivity gets you. Is theoretically there could be other publishers out there putting out Star Wars stuff, making them money. But it doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't compare to what they lost. Someday I want to do a big essay on Disney as a video game publisher because hmm. here's the stupid thing. Remember Disney, when they bought Turok? They, yes. 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 The, the, that's well, so yeah, weird. I think they, I don't know exactly. Remember how I did go to that studio and watch it being made. I should try and remember how this worked. The, the thing is, propaganda? they've done it a few times. So which which year are you going to write about? Because I feel like every few years Disney gets that itch. Like, hey, we're going to publish games. They go out. They don't make a huge splash, and then they close down their publishing unit. And then a few years later, someone else comes in and says, "We can do this. We're Disney. Because, we own all because this." Because it doesn't work with their model of any kind. Because. 
the way you become Disney is you spend a, I would say, ridiculous, lavish, maybe we should get the pitchforks as people amount of money on a product. I, I still remember we did a laser time about the most expensive movie ever made. It might be Tangled. Tangled oh. might be the most expensive movie ever made. Really? I thought it was going to be that one about the guy on Mars that that, that was a huge flop with uh, Taylor uh, John Carter. Well, yeah, just, yeah. I, think Carter, Tang- Carter, I think yeah. I think there's a 2D version of Tangled out there somewhere that's partially completed. and They started over. Oh wow! In, in a field they didn't know that well. And, and every time, like if I can think of the Disney games the last ten years, like Epic Mickey and Split Second and Disney Infinity. Those games very clearly look like they cost so much money. And Disney pours a shitload of money into Marvel and Star Wars. They, I, we don't even talk about it anymore, but every Marvel movie is the most expensive movie ever made. It mm. always is. Uh, and they can do that because throughout the next 10 years, they will sell all those movies at twenty nine ninety nine. There will ne- There will be like two sales in its lifetime. Mm-hmm. It'll always be the same price. It'll come back to theaters. It'll never. The price will never go down on it. They'll always keep a premium, but that doesn't work for well, games. Well, now we see the long game too. They will put that shit on Disney Plus, their streaming service, mm-hmm. and they have because they own all this content and IP. They have an enormous library that will no longer be on Netflix. The only place you'll be able to see those movies is Disney Plus. So of course we will all become subscribers to that. Right. And so outside of I would say some de aging effects in the Marvel movies, Disney is not much of a technological pioneer. It's good at throwing a lot of money at an existing technology and getting the best out of it. But uh, I th- that's why I think the medium of games has always been wrong for it. They don't understand how technology moves. And they don't understand that like if you make something this year, in two years, it'll be passe. Whereas that's, that never happens to their movies. Which, which is so weird because Walt was a futurist. You know, Walt was mm-hmm. always willing to invest in technology. Like That's how they became the king of animation is they mm-hmm. were spending right. a ton of money on like the multiplanar thing. Uh, no, it's, and, it's and depressing. Yeah. It's depressing. Even, even in the mobile game space where they would acquire studios. They would just acquire, yeah. And, yeah. It, but, but not only that, but like, dude, remember Swampy and Where's My Water? Fine yeah. mobile game. Yeah. That shit is decommissioned and the studio is abandoned. Made it's them gone. a ton of money too, millions and millions of dollars. That thing. And I, th- I think that's because they couldn't integrate it the way they normally integrate their products. You can't really build a giant monolith to a mobile game in a park because, like, it's it's going to be irrelevant in nine months. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I don't know. I don't think it fits with what I don't think games fit with what what Disney does. I thought it was kind of ballsy for Bob Iger to say like, "We suck at this." <laughs> We've never been good at it. Never understood why they didn't use the crocodile from Peter Pan as that character. Just swap him in there. Even though he looks almost exactly the same, and I don't dislike Swampy. Uh, Swampy is much cuter than the crocodile from Peter Pan. Come on. No, that crocodile from Peter Pan is awesome, dude. What are you talking about? I said cuter. Okay. TikTok croc, baby. Mm. Mm -mm. Mm. Why did you get me on the Disney subject? I don't know. I'm just remembering Fantasmic now where that crocodile would chase the pirate ship, and it was so awesome. Anyway... Transitioning from EA, let's talk a little Nintendo news. How's that? Oh, Ninty. Oh. Uh, yeah, yes. Gotta be good, right? Or as is the Brits the, would the, say, the rumor Ninty. that Sora's coming to fucking smash? Uh, I hope it's well, true. there is the rumor that there is a new Switch in the works that is a smaller, ah, yes. less expensive, but perhaps fewer featured Switch is being worked we on. We want more expensive, more expensive. <laughs> another. I mean, I'm not... I'd be curious to see how that works because, like, well, the part of the appeal of the Switch is the modular nature where you can, like, right. just dock it and take the controllers off or you can use a pro controller or you can 
carted around like a big Game Boy. I, I, I had an asshole response to a friend about this. Cause like, I don't want that shit. All I want, I, I actually have very few complaints about the Switch other than the awful, awful battery life. Mm. Yeah. So make a bigger battery and that should be your main focus. Until you do that, I don't give a fuck how small it is. And then I was, I thought about it like, oh, every single Nintendo portable got smaller with better battery life. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But then they also always, well, lately they've been having the XL versions where they get smaller yeah. and then they'll get way bigger. Mm-hmm. Hear me out. Mm-hmm. What okay. if they make mm-hmm. it about half the size and they add cellular functions and an app store <laughs> and oh. uh, it's made by Apple and uh-huh. it's called an no! iPhone. Well, there's a game coming for that. Uh, but real quick, just to, to close out the Switch thing. Yeah. They find out a way for Facebook to steal data from my Switch. <laughs> what people are speculating is, is that It'll probably be the dock. The dock is like ninety dollars or something. That, yeah. That's the expensive part of the switch. And whereas you can you can bypass the dock just by using like a USB to HDMI cable. Yeah, or... didn't they say like well the dock actually does do some upscaling well, that's, work? That's the thing. They're saying it if they have this new version, it might have fewer features. That could be one of the things that won't do the upscaling. The yeah, the overclocking, whatever the the horsepower mm-hmm. boost it gives it when you dock that thing would probably go away. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but like. I don't want the Switch to be any smaller. I think it's kind of sometimes I feel like, well, definitely those Joy-Cons are way too small when you try to take mm-hmm. them, you know, and dock them and, and turn them on their side and, and use them as controllers. But just even when I hold it in my hands, I'm like, this is this is fine. This is a good yeah, size. I, I, I've only had the experience where it feels cumbersome when I'm like packing it in a bag in a case because yeah. then it feels a little big for a portable system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So smaller would be nicer. I, I swear the only real technical thing I really, really want is like, Yo, throw that fucking Wii U antenna inside of it. Like, let me have the second screen option. The same shit yeah. Heidi just mentioned mm. with yeah. a tray you Odyssey. <laughs> no, I, like, ah, uh, got her. But the idea of, ha- of having a second screen where you can just look down at a map is... It's like something I'd pay extra for if I could buy a peripheral that would just add a map on I mean, on a platform that is known for its Wii U ports, uh, you yeah. think the ability to do that in... Port over lots of 3DS titles mm-hmm. would be appealing to them. So what why not? if it took you me had like a... months to recognize that the way the Switch is, it, like it, you can never have two screens with the Switch ever. Hmm. Yeah. What if you had some sort of companion app that could display a map on your phone God while you're playing? Oh <laughs> yeah, we give got you that, that second oh. screen experience. Right. You really want to go to mobile, don't you? <laughs> he just wants Mark Zuckerberg to steal all my Pikmin. I think yes. what he, I think what he wants is. Dr. Mario World, which is coming to mobile devices this summer as a what? free-to-play game. I am I am mad excited. I'm totally on board with this. I love Dr. Unlike Mario. Unlike everything else, uh, <laughs> everything else Nintendo's done on mobile, this is perfect for mobile. It belongs on mobile. Yeah. And a little, a little behind-the-scenes information here, uh, happening here at the Laser Time Studios, certain drinky nights at the house, there's been some severe Mario, Dr. Mario tournaments. Mm. With the Nintendo Switch Online stuff, we uh, we will battle it. It has kicked up again. These are the people I grew up playing Mario, uh, Doctor Mario with, and we're back in it again. So Ooh. I was so fucking happy to group text like a a single Doctor Mario poorly cropped fucking JPEG of the logo. In the mobile world, that means it could come out tomorrow. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Mobile announced windows are like what a couple weeks usually. You got to test most. it in the Netherlands for like yeah, a month or two, yeah, yeah. and then it comes out here. Uh, but I, I really hope that this means that uh, we'll soon get a Doctor Mario effect for Virtual Boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that is coming. We're looking forward to that. And yeah, like Chris said, it's a puzzle game that makes perfect sense for free to play on mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, the other big NES news, uh, NES Classic February games are Kirby's Adventure 
Fine. And Super Mario 2. Oh, oh the best Mario yeah. game. The game that Nintendo usually refuses to acknowledge existed ever at some time uh, is coming. I mean, I, I own it on Wii and Wii U and yeah. horrible quality, so I can't <laughs> wait to get a much better version of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are those are the two games. They're not free. You know, you have to pay for that subscription online service. But um, those are the games that usually get like the modified versions and stuff like that. So I'm anxious to see what they do with Super Mario Two. Yeah, dude. It'll be good. I will be playing that. So speaking of free games, uh, Xbox News um, Game Pass this month uh, for February is getting Crackdown Three, of course, as Microsoft has said about mm-hmm. their first party mm-hmm. games. Uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. So last year's Tomb Raider game already uh. on Game Pass. Uh, and and more. Uh, so yeah, look forward to that. I will. Very excited. <laughs> Very excited. Uh, or you might, you know, you could play your Game Pass games on an Xbox, and maybe in the future you could play them on a Switch. Question. Okay, mark? I, I've been busy. What's going on here? What functionality does Xbox Live have to anyone other than games? Well, they- so Microsoft announced they are potentially bringing Xbox Live to additional platforms, including Nintendo Switch and mobile devices. They've kind of been doing that, yeah. because if you play Minecraft on Switch, you might notice that achievements for it show up yeah. on your Xbox account. So that's all it is. Is really? this is, Xbox Live at this point is a service layer. Mm-hmm. And what that means is it is a place to store your in-game achievements, perhaps do some cloud save stuff. And to maintain friends lists. Like, that's really, at its core, if you think of, like, you know, what Xbox Live provides, uh, in addition to on the Xbox, you know, itself, it's it's, it's matchmaking, and it's got the servers and all that stuff for playing games. Dude, I haven't, I haven't sent or sent or accepted an Xbox Live friend request in, like, two years. Yeah, thanks, thanks for not responding to me, Dick. Um, <laughs> Sorry! <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, this is, to me, our future in the games world is going to be weird, man. You have... Microsoft putting stuff on Nintendo platforms, Nintendo's on mobile, Nintendo's gone out there saying we could potentially put our titles on other platforms. Dogs and cats living together. Yeah, Total there it anarchy. Is, there it is. And in in the news the news portion, I, I, I read this news is like, oh, yet further proof and it, uh, like Microsoft doesn't have much of an interest of being a first party console maker and then they changed the name of microsoft studios to xbox studios yeah it's hmm. just so so xbox is their so, gaming brand what? that's their gaming brand moving forward and just it makes sense where but what is an xbox going to mean next console generation or even in this eventual world even their streaming thing is what called Xtream. Hmm. i don't i think everything game related at microsoft will be under this xbox label um yeah, and it'll probably just... better that than games for Windows. <laughs> Very Seriously, true. But like true. I, you just mentioned, Game Pass. Like all I could think of the second I read the headline is like my Game Pass game streaming over my Switch. Huh. That, that could be interesting. Huh. That could be really cool. Huh? Yeah. Hmm? yeah. Huh. And then I had a, a, a Tina Belcher freak out. Or how about <laughs> huh, huh, huh. or any device of your stop. choice, right? Because it's yeah. the service layer. Theoretically, yeah. you could take that save, play it on potentially the next Xbox or Xbox. 1x3 which what the fuck number xbox would it be even who knows uh, i don't know so yeah microsoft is expanding xbox quad the quad baby so microsoft is platform agnostic apparently just like quantic dream baby we're finally getting quantic dream off playstation platforms what? yeah they announced uh, their future games i think their deal with sony is up they could potentially come to any platform hmm. so. it's very weird i don't know about their weird. existing games financed by Sony. But I always admired them for uh, having studios like, you know, Team Ico and Quantic Dream for, like, 
we don't expect these to make money, but they will drive the industry forward in terms of technology and narrative. Hmm. It's good to have these things in one house, and now it seems like they don't exist anymore. Hmm. So that's a little bummer. That's a little bit of a bummer. Final bit of unusual news. I don't know. I feel like we've talked about this story before. There's a sequel to Groundhog Day in the works. That's crazy. It's coming to VR. Why? <laughs> that is it's, the best uh, oh, question. I think also like this is this new story that clued me into like Sony Pictures VR, yeah. SPVR on PSVR. And, uh, and also Oculus and Vive. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So this hmm. the title, it's called Groundhog Day Like Father Like Son. Uh, it's an immersive VR game that continues where the movie left off over... 26 years later? Has it really Ooh. been 26 years yeah. since Groundhog Day? Oh so players God. are going to take so the role. Old. You're playing Phil Connors Jr., uh, who, like his dad, is charming but arrogant, and he's stuck in good old Puxatawney. Mm-hmm. Phil? Phil Connors? Oh, I hope Stephen Tobolowsky returns. I was going to guess Chris Elliott, the tra- but Stephen Tobolowsky. I couldn't tell if that was him in the trailer or yeah, not. But like, Ned Ryerson does return. Ned Ryerson character. is in there, and you, I couldn't tell him, like, well, maybe Stephen Tobolowsky is just older, and so it sounds a little different mm-hmm. than in the movies. Oh, I'd sure as heck if I played that. I hope he gets his Dune made soon. Stephen Tobolowsky's Dune. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, you got to get that so- spice. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you can yeah. Believe it, the spice, and then you have the power. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That was a really good. Wow, you might I be really the only like person in the world who has a steam. I really like that guy. He fucking rules. We, gotta, like, we will be doing a podcast talking about how he's murdered in the Glimmer Man by Steven Seagal. Oh, Jesus. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, so that was just a weird announcement, uh, I think, over the weekend. But anyway, that is all the news that is fit to play. Oh. Bold. All right. Well, let's get into the community segment, which is always is what? Segmenting the community. Never heard of the community. What a terrible catchphrase. Ah, (laughs) well, the first response, well, last week's question of the week, as you might remember, was what is your favorite year in gaming? Um, we've all answered that question, but you know who hadn't answered it is, uh, our first responder on VigiGameApocalypse.com, LaserTime Rules, who says... My favorite year in gaming has to be 1995. Between the great games on the SNES, PC, Arcade, and launch of the PS1, it was one hell of a year for a young me. We got Chrono Trigger, Mortal Kombat 3, Warcraft 2, Earthbound, Mario World 2. I could go on and on. Granted, I didn't buy a PS1 until the following year, and I rented a lot of those SNES games because I was a broke little kid. But damn it, I loved it. Also, regarding uh, Back to the Future remake, it'll be a while if what the Bobs, Zemeckis and Gale, say is true. That is, they have clauses in their contracts that Universal can't make a sequel or remake as long as the Bobs are alive. So until they die, we're safe. Uh, The Bobs want to see you in their office. (laughs) Uh, Kiru Seta says, For me personally, 1990 was the beginning of gaming. I turned seven that year, and for Christmas 1989, my stepbrothers and I got an NES with Super Mario slash Duck Hunt, The Legend of Zelda, and RC Pro-Am. Looking at releases in 1990, there isn't much to love, but that was the year that I discovered what I'd been missing, catching up on the last few years of the NES with games like Super Mario Bros. 2 and 3, Mega Man 2, TMNT, Ice Hockey, RBI Baseball, and more. 
Son, son, that wasn't the question when you <laughs> caught up to gaming. <laughs> son, when did gaming start for you? No, that was not the question. Uh, Devil does. I'm just kidding, Carol. Uh, Devil does. Uh, does Dave says, despite not being discussed much, 2012 is my personal favorite year in gaming as someone young uh, who isn't into shooters or third person action games. That year gave us a variety of wonderful, more niche games uh, that got more coverage than usual because of a lack of mega blockbusters. The XCOM reboot was masterfully done and pulled a, a lot of non-strategy fans in, uh, in a simplifying uh, and, re- and reinvigorated the XCOM formula. The Walking Dead Season 1 heralded the boom of, of narrative gaming, which, uh, was, which has only diversified since, uh, since then despite the sad passing of Telltale. The story uh, really was heart-wrenching, and the studio smartly dis- distancing themselves from the TV series and comics. Hotline Miami is a great uh, is a great and truly thrilling action indie that manages to be gory to the extreme without being silly. Spec Ops: The Line still remains the best game I've never played. <laughs> the art, di- the art direction, cinematography, sound editing, and voice acting are all stellar. Uh, though the story has some hiccups, and those are just some of my personal highlights. Other games that came out that year at the top of my head are Far Cry 3. I made a smart change uh, to the open world formula that remains to this day. Uh, to the Moon, an overall recommend despite some uh, indiitis, and Sleeping Dogs. Enough said. Yeah. 2012. Mm-hmm. Mm. Sleeping Dogs is mm. all you needed to say, man, to be honest. Yep. And To game. the Moon has that woman who can't swear. She always says, like, oh, my cucumber, or something stupid like that. Ooh, I just filled up. <laughs> <laughs> well, on Twitter, uh, D. Changstein says, tough question for me. Off the top of my head, it would be 2017, because it was the year I got my PS4 and Nintendo Switch and Persona 5, Super Mario Odyssey, and Yakuza 0 took a lot of my free time. So yes, you and I are aligned there. They tend to do that. Mm-hmm. Sony reached its peak with a great library while Nintendo came out swinging. My actual favorite year would be 1998 as the first two Pokemon games arrived in North America. As did Ocarina of Time, MGS, Starcraft, Baldur's Gate, Suicoden 2, and so much more. Funny how these things can come at the end of a decade. Yo, D, D I believe... I, I thought I said it when we talk, We wrapped up 2017. I thought it was one of the best years in some time. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just wall-to-wall, like, high-quality, bar-moving entertainment. I was so... Ha- and it was one of the things I whittled down from uh, my top three. But I... I tw- 2017 is a good one to go to bat for. When he called that the end of the decade, I suddenly realized, oh, God, we're at the end of another decade, and I vomited off camera. Oh yeah, it just doesn't. It just doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> We're not even on camera. I don't know how you did that. It's so weird. I'm very talented. <laughs> From the official Laser Time Facebook community, Connor Wade, straight out of Straya, says, "Ah, Do the fuck." Well, 2079 and 11 all hold a special place in me heart. Uh, I'm going to have to go with 2013. Two new consoles, GTA 5, Bioshock Infinite, Tomb Raider, Last of Us, Injustice, Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag, and Disney Infinity all hold a sentimental value as they tie into my final year of school. Also, all of them good to fantastic games. All right. And, uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. Zachary Ian Walton says, 1995 for Yoshi's Island, Donkey Kong Country 2, Chrono Trigger, uh, Comic Zone, Panzer Dragoon, Star Wars Dark Forces, Tactics Ogre, Fantasy Star 4, and one of the greatest, uh, one of the best arcade games ever, Time Crisis. See, Zach, I, I, I've said that on a ton of other podcasts. 1995 was the year my game-loving heart looked at games, and like I think I might walk 
everything's a little too similar. I had never played an RPG before, so I didn't I had I, I didn't know yet how awesome Chrono Trigger was. 3D scared me. <laughs> so I had no intention of getting a Saturn. It was ass ugly um, back then too. Though. Oh yeah, especially <laughs> on Saturn, let's yeah. be honest. What? What? Panzer Dragoon looks beautiful. Yeah, but Saturn 3D was designed in general. as a 2D system. Yeah. Primarily. Man, Not great on Saturn. Saturn. Anyway, what's the Star Wars Dark Forces is all gifts. I bet you'll fucking come all over that game. <laughs> I will. I was actually texting TL Turbo Bison uh, Foster about 94, 95, because I, I was finishing up season one of High Score Girl. And really, that show shows you how important like 94 and 95 were. It just kind of reaffirmed our decision to put 94 on our list of top three, because uh, that show, it starts with our like in grade school in I want to say 91 and then just goes all the way 91 92 through all the way through like 95 and so it really just showcases how at least in Japan the arcade scene is booming it's huge and just you get to see that transition from 2D into 3D gaming you know like they're starting off playing like Virtua Fighter 5 and these kind of games and eventually everything's looking way better by the end of that show so uh even though it's an anime and even though i had some problems with some of the story and plot it is a great nostalgic trip that I continue to recommend uh, and check it out on Netflix. Hmm. Garuga Mesh. That commercial <laughs> recently turned 10 years old. The old Sakura Khan commercial. Garuga Mesh! <laughs> yeah. <sighs> that is the most weeby thing ever. Um, well, let's see. Doug Marvel says 2004. Half Life mm. 2, the best GTA, which would be San Andreas. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront, Metal Gear Solid 3, Katamari Damashi, Spider-Man 2, and Counter-Strike Source. Also, a little game <laughs> called Shrek 2, anyone? I rest my case. Actually, Shrek 2 was pretty good, especially compared to the unplayable first game. Shrek 2 was more like, oh, it's like Gauntlet with Shrek characters. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> but where's the dedicated fart button? Mm. <laughs> uh, Reese Egner says, I'm with Doug Marvel on 2004. Sans Shrek 2, of course. But there's a bunch more games I feel he may have neglected to include. Uh, Halo 2, mm. Metroid Prime 2, World of Warcraft 2, uh, Burnout 3, Vampire the Masquerade, Bloodlines. Uh, I gotta get that oh. Bloodlines in there. Ninja Gaiden, uh, KOTOR Deuce, uh, Paper Mario, TTYD, and Doom 3. Wow. Also, Thief Deadly Shadows, the last time we get to hear Steven Russell as the gravelly-voiced, hooded, stealthy protagonist in an immersive sim until Dishonored 2, a full 11 years later. What's TTYD? The Thousand Year Door. Oh, Duh! Okay. Best fucking Paper Mario game. <laughs> Ta-ta, you douche. <laughs> Yeah, I always think of that with the the name Penny Arcade gave to it, the Thousand Year Dialogue Bubble. <laughs> oh, uh, Penny Arcade. Well, uh, can they really say that after they made a game with like more dialogue bubbles? I mean, this was before they made that game, but no. All right, I want them to take the cartoon down. They made like three games. Um, Nelson De Silvia says, I will go with 2004 as well. Phantom Brave, Metal Gear Solid 3, Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne. Ninja Gaiden, Paper Mario, and Tales of Symphonia. It was a great year for my particular taste in JRPGs and SRPGs. What's an SRPG? It's, it's an RPG that gives you SARS. Super RPG. SARS PGs. <laughs> Remember SARS? <laughs> Jesus. Strategy Is that RPGs. What everybody got at PAX? Oh, that was the swine oh, Strategy flu. RPGs. Mm -hmm. Super RPGs. Yeah. So, new question of the week Who is your favorite video game simian? 
Uh, I think I'm going to go with Amigo from Somebody Amigo because that game fucking rules. Uh, You get to shake maracas and there's a monkey on screen that uh, wears a sombrero and also shakes maracas. And really, I I don't know that much more thought went into the premise than that. (laughs) I I am a massive... I have so many going through my head. I'm a massive Donkey Kong Jr. fan. I'm not joking. Mm. I like him a lot. I like him in his own game. I like him in the first Mario Kart. And I even like him in the stupid cartoon we talked about in Laser Time a few weeks ago where he leaves the circus to search for his father who abandoned him to star in a comedy segment that aired before his. He leaves Andy Circus? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't make it up. It's it's the Saturday Supercade. Listen to the episode. Mm-hmm. But uh, I really... Oh, and there's that King Kong sequel game that uh, Brett and I streamed on uh, our YouTube channel. That's not a bad game, if not for the disastrous layout of portals that take you thousands of levels in the future and back, and you can't, <laughs> you just have to kind of experiment. Oh, jeez. It's, it's, but it's not a bad King Kong game, but my favorite monkey ever. Are, are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. I am a, the big, I, I'm a big supporter of Gon Gon from Super Monkey Ball. Uh, I knew oh, Super yeah. Monkey Ball was going to come into this sooner mm-hmm. or later. Because it takes a really stupid kind of monkey who has to wear a diaper even when they're outside. <laughs> but even when they're in a ball that Look, could if, contain if he all shits their feces. in that ball, yeah. and then he rolls that ball around. That is just a mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta yeah have a but y'all are not. You haven't gone like once you get into Monkey Target. Canonically, you know you can open that thing anytime he wants, and he's he's gonna land on the target every single time. Monkey Target is probably the GameCube's best game, and we never talk about it ever. No. Mm-hmm. That we keep we keep it secret, like the founders intended. Mm. Yeah, all hell. Yeah, the only the patrons deserve that. My but. choice is a, a monkey we never talk about enough. Um, mm-hmm. His name is Little Gray, but you probably know him as Cigarette Smoking Monkey from mm-hmm. Metal Gear Solid Four, and also wears a diaper. <laughs> yes, this is why Little Gray is cool. Hangs out with an arms dealer, mm-hmm. uh, has a habit for drinking soda, mm-hmm. and smoking cigarettes, mm-hmm. which is not cool, kids, by the way. No matter how much you see monkeys doing it in video games, don't smoke unless you name Little Gray and you're a monkey and you're in a video game because then it's fucking cool. Yeah, monkeys can smoke. That's legal. Sure. Why sure. not? I don't know. Uh, yeah, Little Gray is cool, man. He <laughs> hangs out with an arms dealer and smokes cigarettes all day. And uh, the reason they put him in the game is because they thought Drebin by himself was boring and needed some personality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they just said... <laughs> Throw a monkey in there. I mean, Drebin's already a weirdo. That's like some David Lynch shit. Like, <laughs> yes, he's followed around by a monkey for some reason. A hairless monkey yeah. at that. Yeah, he smokes just like me. <laughs> and he likes. I relate bomb. to this. This is relatable material. I will spend marketing dollars and be a commercially viable consumer. <laughs> uh love David Lynch yeah. and monkeys. God, I'm so happy right now. <laughs> Such a good mood. It's all come to this. Chris has been waiting over 300 episodes for this question. Oh, monkeys are so cool. All right. That was David Lynch. So what's your favorite simian, by which we mean ape or monkey, no humans involved, uh, in video games? Let us know. Go to videogameapocalypse.com and answer in the comments under episode 302. Alternately, you can hit us up on the official Laser Time community on Facebook, where there'll be a thread you can answer. Or you can uh, visit us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse and tweet it at us so that the whole world can see. Anyway, that's been our show. Let's go with some plugs. Chris, where can people do things? Me, 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 me. Uh, if you liked Laser Time last week, all about the demise of Conan O'Brien's Tonight Show, 
for our patrons at patreon.com slash laser time right now in addition to an all new episode of 302010 listener strike back edition uh we have the elusive difficult to find conan o'brien 10th anniversary late night special it is something i watch once or twice a year i think it's one of the funniest hours i've ever seen in my life uh sam sarah and i do a commentary air quotes and by that we mean laugh at extended clip packages and uh, things like Mr. T getting hit in the face with a tree uh, on accident, not not scripted, uh, and, and, and Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. It's so, so much fucking fun, and it's really hard to find, and I'm glad I can bring it to people's attention. And um, shifting gears to this week's Laser, laser Time, um, totally different. How do you cram in uh, songs that have sold almost 100 million copies in over 100 of the highest-selling artists of all time? Well, you talk about a dozen or so songs made for charity. It's a craze that kind of died in the mid-80s, but uh, it is a fascinatingly cheesy, cornball, like maudlin period for music. You know, the We Are the World, Do They Know It's Christmas Time. Mm-hmm. And the stuff, we, the stuff we found that tried to rip that off poorly is so fucking funny. Just saying, do yourself a favor and Google Swedish metal aid. It is a very <laughs> sincere thing that the... The man from Europe decided to organize in Sweden, and it's horrific. Wait, is that is that where the the term "sweeting" comes from? And be kind, rewind. I don't know, <laughs> but if you've seen we are the if you've seen those videos before, yeah, it sort of looks like it. It looks mm. like the whole the whole budget is for like aqua velva and hairnet. Because, like, <laughs> that place is a total fire hazard. When I need an energy boost, I drink Swedish metal aid. I feel like a couple letters were taken out of Swedish meatball aid and became Swedish metal aid. <laughs> Stop it, I'm starving over here. If you're listening to this podcast, you're cool. You're good with us, right? Mm-hmm. You are, you're already here. You're listening. But we want more people to listen to Video Game Apocalypse. And now you can listen more places than ever because Video Game Apocalypse is on Spotify. So tell your friends there's no excuse now. We're everywhere. We're global, baby. Uh, yeah, tell your friends about the show. We really yeah. want them to listen. Uh, they can follow me personally on Twitter. I am at Maddie C. Allen. And they can download it wherever video games are sold. Uh, <laughs> Probably. Who knows what yeah. GameStop's up to these days. And you can you can follow us on Twitter, at VG Apocalypse, or me personally, at Wikiparas. That's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Man, I had so much to say about Ed, the movie starring Matt LeBlanc and a chimp. God damn it. I didn't get there. I think we've heard all you have to say about that movie. That's honestly. all I have to say about it. Other than I used to see it a lot in the blockbuster where I work. Oh, well, okay. What's your favorite monkey? <laughs> <laughs>